Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Hubner, hey, Murphy and Fred back together again on ESPN 1000. How you doing, everybody? I'm Mike Soggy. Fred here. Hi, Soggy. I'm Soggy right now. It's been raining for. <laughs> it's been raining and drizzling for 24 hours. You're like a pancake with with too much syrup. On uh, it. Unbelievable. There right can never now. be too much syrup though on a pancake. Oh, sometimes there can. Not if it's real Canadian. Maple syrup, or from my New Hampshire, from Vermont. Vermont. I mean, yeah. the, you ever get the real maple syrup? Yeah. You look at the ingredients of the other stuff, you know, and there's about twenty five thousand different corn syrup. This, that, this, that, this, that, this, and then you look at real maple syrup. Yeah. And it, you know what the ingredients are? One maple syrup. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Nothing else. Cost, yeah, sap from the tree. Cost about ten times more, but it's about ten times. Better tasting. Yeah. Anyway, enough of uh, our food review for the day. Oh, one other note. This will be, uh, if it's okay with you, Fred, for the next three hours, Royal Wedding Free Radio. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're interested in the Royal Wedding, like, you can find it. DVR it. Right. We're not for it's, it. We're not against it. Well, I'm for it. It's been over for four hours or three hours. Well, I'm not so. against it, but Royal yeah. Wedding uh, Free Radio. And, if it's okay with you, Fred, Preakness free radio for the next three hours. I don't know. Yurko's going to be mad. You can't do that. Yurko gave out his picks yesterday. Well, Yurko's probably talking to uh, uh, Eddie Olchek right now. He gave out his picks yesterday. The last minute tips. Yep. No, Eddie's the best. He he rolls together the, uh, you know, a six-man box uh, wheel. Well, there's only eight horses in this oh, race. Well, well, whatever so if you pick six of them, you're in good shape. <laughs> Eddie could do it. Yeah. How you doing, everybody? Mike Murphy and Fred Hubner every Saturday. Nine till noon. I'd much rather talk about the Royal Wedding and uh, uh-huh. the Preakness than uh, the White Sox and Carson Fulmer. Well, if there were a horse running named uh, Fulmer or Carson, don't bet on no, them today. don't at all. Right. Unless they're running in Charlotte. <laughs> That's where Carson's running. Some good news with the White Sox and minor league pitching. We will get to in a little while. Uh, last night. But first things first, we got Jesse Rogers at 11. He'll be live from the park. That would be a great American park. In Cincinnati, uh, I haven't looked at the weather report. Uh, maybe I'll try to glance that up later. They said that uh, the after the, the late game is game, and they might get ah. banged, as they like to say. Well, that's been around for. Tw- yeah. It's funny. The word "banged" has been around about forty years uh-huh. with baseball insiders. Someone in radio found out about it about a year ago. Oh, bang, banged! Well, rained out or delayed, or last night's Cubs game was. How about that? Oh, also, besides Jesse Rogers at 11, let's not forget one of our favorite guys, featured columnist, Chicago Sun-Times, Mark Potash, covering the Bears now. And let's be honest, Chicago guy born and raised, Mark Potash, he covers everything. So we'll spread all fields, lots of Bears, and lots of everything with Marcus Potash. That's at 10 o'clock, and uh, we're about a minute away here from our uh, Twitter poll. But, Fred, uh, let's uh, let's quickly... Uh, uh, here, here's a list of things we can do today. We got this is the someone said the other day, Murph hadn't heard you in about ten years. I go, well, thanks, glad you. Yeah, I was in a car on Saturday going to the hardware store. I go, that we're number one with people driving to the hardware yes, we store. Are. Fred, did you know that? Yeah, and usually washing their car, but it, it rains so often <laughs> now nobody does that. And he said. You're still using that one old line. I go, well, you know, I'm an old guy. What was it? He says, uh, you said I get, we got about 20 hours of material to shove into a three-hour show. That's I go, it. well, that's us. Yep. So today, here's some of the things besides the obvious uh, bread and butter topics. 
Fred, we're going to uh, try to hit uh, six-man Cubs rotation. Okay. Remember Swami Murph? Yep. I predict. Decades ago. Uh, oh, I'm an old guy. Yeah. That, uh, that six-man rotation could be looming. We'll break that down. Certainly with Jesse, maybe sooner. Here's a segment I know you're going to like. Well, I hope you are. Can you unretire a retired number? All right. Okay. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, Stat of the day, John Dewan won't be uh, with us on the phone, but I got some great uh, info from John Dewan. I have a message from Coach Filson. Uh, let's see. Oh, how about Addison Russell? Four for four. His yeah. value is through the roof. Is it time to trade Addison Russell? Yeah, he was on my bench in my fantasy team, so I'm activating him today with a doubleheader. If he's so. four for four, how yeah. do you trade him? And he got on base a fifth time with a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have time between now and noon, Fred, the six steps of any new program. Okay. Not radio program, but any new program. Uh-huh. We roll that out from time to time. Might be appropriate today. The six steps uh, of any uh, new program. And uh, But let's first go to the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. Ah, vote right now at ESPN 1000. Oh, we got some uh, soundbite in a minute of Jesse and Sylvie. Cool. Miss a little, miss a lot. Going at it. Great spirited radio yesterday. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Which do the Cubs need more? A or B? Hitting and runs? B, starting pitching. Oh, that's simple. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Think before you vote. I always advocate, think before you vote. Uh-huh. Which do the Cubs need more? Not, o- not only for uh, polls, but also for elections. <laughs> Never hurts. Uh-huh. For, well, for, this is it. good for anything. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant voting at the poll. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, like, po- uh, election. Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, you did. Election, yeah. Very good. Uh-huh. Uh, you, Fred, you just earned, you yeah. just earned your day's pay. That's good it. job. I'm sorry. It was so over my head, it wasn't at all. <laughs> what? Uh, vote right. EO11, you voted already. Uh, you told me upstairs in the pre-show love fest. EO11. Uh, how'd you vote for which do the Cubs need uh, more? Uh, hitting and runs or starting pitching? I believe starting pitching. Right. I think they have a lot of hitting. All right. Very good. Very good. You've seeded the clouds. All right. Uh, no more delaying here. Fred, let me tell a little anecdote as we go into a uh, very spirited, what do we got here? About one minute uh, occurred yesterday on uh, good old ESPN 1000 around uh, 5.24 p.m., I was drinking beer at the beer under glass at the uh, conservatory Garfield Park yesterday well, at five twenty four. Well, I'm so glad you brought I that missed up. It. I have a note here. I understand, and you're the uh, uh, crafty uh, expert here uh-huh. in the room. Oh, beer and uh, Illinois Craft Beer Week is yep. that true? Started last night at the uh, Garfield Park Conservatory. I sampled many a beer. Then it was raining a little bit too much, and I had to head back. Garfield Park. How do you get there? In the old Blue Line, the old Douglas Park Line no, that used to go through uh, took, Cicero. Took Uber. It's right near. Uh, uh-huh. It's right near Central Park and Lake Street. Remember the old Douglas Park L? Yep, I go do. Right through Cicero along Twenty uh, Second uh-huh. uh, Street. Yep. Oh man, I grew up in Cicero. Yeah. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. <laughs> all right. Yep. So yeah, it did all start yesterday. I used to look at Craft Beer Week. I used to live on Fifty First Court in uh, 
Skisado. And it will wake you up, right? Oh, yeah. I love. I look out the window at the L going by, stopping right there at Laramie. God, a good old days. Yep. Now, I met... It's the pink line now, I think. Okay, it was blue. And right. Then it's it was, no, no, no. You're exactly it was, right. Yeah, it was blue for That's the That's when they time. opened up the uh, cross line there by the stadium that yeah. runs north and south, which they only used for maintenance for 100 years like a bunch of dopes that CTA was. Yeah. Then, hey, we can actually use this and route it. Anyway, okay, enough CTA history. Actually, I think they're adding a stop near, near oh, yeah, there. Okay. So, yeah, yeah that'd be nice. So, here's the thing. So about five years ago when I joined uh, this wonderful radio station, I was invited to one of the uh, ESPN uh, 1000 radio get-togethers. Right. If I recall, let's see about five, but uh, maybe about uh, 2014. Okay, the Cubs started winning in 2015. Yeah, that was it. So uh, Mike and Mike, our buddy Mike Greenberg and Mr. Golick were in town to throw out maybe the first pitch or sing the seventh inning at Wrigley Field. And uh, someone, the station, uh, uh, rented for the day the, uh, the entire rooftop building over there in uh, Sheff- okay. Sheffield. So I go in. Most of the action was up on the rooftop. You know, 50, 100, 150 people. Everybody's up there. Green is up there. Our guy that we used to work with at the old place. And uh, so on the first or second floor of those, uh, of the old three-flat brownstones, whatever you want to call them, uh, used to be people lived on the first floor, rented on the first and second floor, and then the rooftop. But then there's a heck with this. So they just made the whole three floors party rooms. Right. You know, and the top floor was where the action was and the food and, and the bleachers uh, up there, if you will. So the fr- I walk in. The first person I see there is one of my new teammates here. And I don't believe I'd ever met him before. It's, it's uh, Mark Silverman. Uh-huh. So I walked over and said, hey, Sylvie, Mike, Murray, how you doing? Sit down, you know. So I sat down and... Uh, he says, oh, you're a you know, Cub fan. What do you think of this? You know, I'm thinking, well, it's the fifth year of fifth place. I'm getting a little tired of this. Uh-huh. I said, I don't like it. You don't like it? I just sort of, you know, sat down. And, and all of a sudden, I don't want to say it was an argument, but uh, it was like we were on the radio doing a, a transition. Sure. You know, bam, bam, yeah, back, and forth. back and forth. It uh-huh. was fun. But I got a little taste of he, you know, and hey, he was right. They won the World Series. Yes, they did. You know, Sylvie, I mean, you were right. Didn't mean I had to like it. I liked the destination. They got to the World Series. You didn't like the way they got there. I didn't like the route. Yeah. Frankly, I still don't. Uh-huh. But I don't have a leg to stand on. No, because they won the World Series. Exactly. Right. And, uh, Fred, I know you've been, uh, as a Sox fan, uh-huh. going through a little of this also. Uh, you know, everyone knows the Sox, what they're doing. And I believe, and we'll get your thoughts in a minute, uh, you, I heard you during the week you were on. And uh, basically, uh, I think you align a little bit with my old thinking. I hope they win the World Series, but is this the only route available? Uh, or what were your thoughts? Kind of. Kind, I mean, kind of believe that. But mm-hmm. I just think that it's, uh, you know, a lot of baseball is starting to do this. And it doesn't always work. The Royals tried it. They they actually won. And then you see the, the Cubs and the Astros. But there are a bunch of, there are like seven other teams in baseball trying to do it. Philadelphia's slowly but surely getting there. Uh, the White Sox are doing it, and they're trying to do it, I think, a little bit of a different way mm-hmm. than some other teams did. So we'll see how that wor- that all pans out. Five years of tanking. Now, let the record show on the north side, Ricketts bought the team for, starting for the 2010 season. 2010 and 2011 were uh, not Theo. They weren't all Jim Hendry either. There was an interim whatever in the middle there. But three years were... 2012, 2013, 2014 were the fifth place finishes 
you know, under the Epstein regime and prior to that uh, was, you know, Ricketts. They didn't have money to spend, yada, yada. The cow jumped over the moon. Anyway, it worked out. I just got tight. See, I figured out one thing. Later, years later, when I heard guys, right. Sylvie and other people say, I don't even watch, I didn't even watch the games for five years. Right. All right. And we all, I think, sort of adhere to one basic rule. Every fan can act however he wishes. Uh-huh. I'm not here to tell a fan how to be a fan, and no fan should be here to tell you or me, Fred, exactly. Do it my way. All right, then it all, see, then it came crystal clear. I watched the Cubs finish in fifth place five straight years, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14. I watched probably 160 of 162 games. Right. And it was no fun. But then when I heard guys, and uh, Sylvie included, uh, oh, I didn't watch the games much for those five years, then the light went out. All right, well, I could have not watched the games for five years, and then I wouldn't have got upset. Yeah, but see, I, you got to remember, I told Sylvie this was the best thing that ever happened to him, because if the Cubs weren't tanking, yeah. Sylvie would have been watching Cubs games, and he wouldn't have met his lovely <laughs> wife, and he wouldn't have his two lovely kids. So if it wasn't for the Cubs tanking, so Sylvie basically has Theo and uh-huh. Tom Ricketts to thank <laughs> All right. for his lovely wife and his two young kids. Well, let's fast forward to yesterday on ESPN 1000 at 524 in the afternoon yesterday, all right? Uh, Jesse's on, and he's doing his regular, you know, uh, phone-in session. Uh, Similar to what he'll do with us at 11. Exactly. Uh And uh, all of a sudden, it got a little uh, interesting. And Fred, your name is even mentioned in here, referring now not to the Cubs uh, rebuild for five years, uh, but... uh, the White Sox, and much, much more, fellas. I heard you talk about the White Sox. Now, one thing, you know, Carmen wants them to lose every game. You know, you get the first pick in the draft next year, right? That player next June is in your organization. When does he debut with you? You know, even if it's a first-round pick, number one overall, might be a year later, right? I, I disagree with that notion. I think, you know, Ricky Renteria in the second half of 2014 they won games here with the Cubs. It set the stage for 15. Now, I'm not saying you're going to win a lot now with the White oh, Sox. Yes. Ricky Renteria didn't set the stage for anything. Oh, my. Yes, he did. No, he yes, didn't. He did. Or, the, or the team did. I don't know if it was him. The team won a, 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 a bunch in the second half of 14. That matters. You have to, you have to start somewhere. And if you're going to start winning in the second half of 19, well, then this, this, this rebuild is going to take that much longer. I'm just saying you'd like to see the White Sox play better down the stretch with, with more experience this, this season. Down the stretch, the last couple months, with more experience under their belt. It's year two, more. Jesse. It's year two of the rebuild. So it's, what? This Let's isn't start. year four like the Cubs in 14. This is year two. So, so you want them to lose so they can get a higher pick that will help you three years down the line. I'm, I'm with Fred on this. This isn't basketball or, or, or football where that first-round pick can help you right away. I'm just saying the sooner you start learning how to win and actually winning, the sooner you come out of your rebuild. All right, stop the tape. Jesse and the Sylvie spirited, uh, great radio. Well, you heard the, it driving home yesterday. Here's to Jesse's point. In 2013, under Dale Swaim, the Cubs were 66-96. and 96. Under Ricky Renteria, they won an extra seven games. They were 73 and 89. They've still finished fifth, but they were starting to figure out how to win. Plus, they got Jake Arietta. That was, that was year five of the rebuild. And then 15, we all know they were 97 and 65, and they were a lot quick. You know, they lose in the NLCS. But, um, 
my biggest thing is, yeah. and the thing I've been sticking with and trying to ask, you know, uh, Rick Hahn, and I think he tried to soft sell it two and a half, two years ago, but the White Sox did this rebuild and have been trying to do this rebuild a little bit different than the Cubs and the, the Astros. They don't necessarily wait and then draft first round picks. What they did was they took their good players like Eaton and Sale and Quintana and came up with other people's first round picks like Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Dane Dunning, um, Eloy Jimenez is signing. You get Dylan Cease, you get Moncada, Kopech, Basabi. They made three trades with three players. And they ended up with ten, with nine other guys. Okay, and I thought by doing that, they're getting other people's first and second round picks instead of having to be bad for five years in a row. The rebuild should take less time, three years as opposed to five years. And that's why, as a White Sox fan watching this now. They're not waiting five years. We're not going, you know, from from the time they decided this last year, they're not waiting five years for the rebuild. Now, one of the things that Theo did, not dissimilar, he traded uh, many of, of uh, uh, Jim Hendry's uh, veteran players, mostly starting pitching, for younger guys. Uh, for instance, uh, the, the big righty Cashman, for Cashner, Cashner, yeah. th- Andrew Cashner, thank you, Fred, San Diego for, 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 for Rizzo. R- great trade, yeah. great trade. Uh, he traded uh, guys like uh, Mad Garza. He uh, got like a uh, C.J. Edwards and other guys back. Uh, he traded Dempster, where he got, uh, if I'm Kyle not mistaken, Hendricks back. But these guys, see, those guys were not no. high, high prospects. Hendricks was not a big prospect at that point, but it worked. Yeah, no, I'm saying no, it did work. No, you're right. You're well, exactly what I'm saying right. is that's why it took longer. Right. That's and, why it took the five years. The, the White Sox are going after guys that shouldn't be in the minors for five years. And Samarja. Four years. Yeah. Samarja for uh, uh, Russell. So, you know, Theo made some, uh, you know, terrific deals. Uh, one of the things that always cracked me up when Theo took over, uh, the press, the media, the fans, and I believe Theo himself intimated, well, you know, the uh, cupboard's bare. We got nothing here. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a disaster. Yeah. Well, number one, he traded all those players and more that I just mentioned. So the, the cupboard wasn't bare. Right. Uh, then everything clicked, which is fine. But I had the same same. Dis- I thought I was sitting with Sylvie five years ago, and his you know. Six- and actually, I looked. It was it was six years ago. It was 2012. It was the year that Rizzo came up because that was the year that uh, it all tied in. It was 2012. Okay, when were Mike and Mike? Was I on the rooftop? Right, because it was Rizzo's okay. first game with the Cubs. I don't know if I was here till tw- whatever, but I was there with Sylvie. Yeah. And hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. Within like two minutes, what? You don't like that? Oh, gee, I'm just coming over to say it. But he was right. In that they won the World Series, three three two three seven seven six. Murph and Fred uh, till noon. Jesse from Cincinnati, at, or Cincinnati, as some people still uh-huh. say. At uh, eleven, Mark Potash. You're covering the Bears and much, much more. Uh, we're going to also ask Mark Potash. Is it okay to unretire a retired number? We have an angle when we get to that. Another thing I mentioned yesterday when I was here with Yurko, uh-huh. and it sounds like a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Even as I say it again, it sounds stupid. But the Cubs usually only win games where they hit homers. I've heard uh, okay. people say that, including you, yes. Yesterday, the Cubs' eight runs is the most the Cubs have scored this season in mm-hmm. a game without homering. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The, pre- the previous most runs they had scored in a game without homering was four. So actually, it makes sense. When they don't homer, they don't hit. Last night, 
They hit five straight hits, no home runs, eight runs in the game, and they win. This is what Joe's been trying to say to them all year long. You got to move the ball around, not just swing for the fences. Now, Joe's not going to complain when they hit four homers, but it's more difficult to win when you're swinging for the fences, not hitting the home runs, and not getting on base. It also helps. There you go. If your home run is not a solo job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the Cubs, yesterday, they started walking. Now, here's the Cubs, Cubs win. If you didn't stay up, I can't blame you. Man, the game itself was like three hours, 15 minutes. There was a goofy hour and a half rain delay out of the box when it was raining less than it did once they started the game for three and a half hours until it uh, stopped slowly. It stopped in the ninth inning. Hour and a half. It's yep. like drizzling. They got like, this thing in MLB. There's no set rule, but we can't start a game when it's raining. Well, you got a double bubble tomorrow. You got chance of rain tomorrow. Right. You know what? They should have started anyway. That's neither here nor there. So, the Cubs hitters, eight walks, five strikeouts. The only thing though, you have to, I and I got to. But there were in. intentional walks. Three of them to, to happen in the eight hole because they got to. They wanted yeah. to. Inten- they intentionally walked them three times. But still. Thing. You're right. But who's the guy that took the walks? The guy that's the most professional hitter on that team. But here's the thing. Ben right. Zobras took two. But here's the thing. You're right. They intentionally walked happened to first with second and third two out. That got the pitcher up, Lester, yeah. to make the last out. So now you lead off, not with the pitcher. His next intentional walk with two out man on third and the third uh, to get to Lester. Strikes up and ends the inning again. So you lead off with the top of the order. Uh, and they see. did it again, and he, he his third intentional a walk, safety squeeze uh, set up the safety squeeze. I, I, are all managers idiots? <laughs> are all every single time the Cubs have a runner at third base, mm-hmm. and John Lester's at the plate? Well, you should be standing within six feet of him because he's going to lay down a safety squeeze. But here's you're right. He's, he does it all the time. But and last week they didn't do it with Almora when they should have done it. Here's the score to run. It works every time. And before Jim Deshaies said it, I already I tweeted out, texted out. To yeah. some, I said, he is the best bunter, st- pitcher bunter in baseball. Yep. And this is where I really, uh, he might be the best bunter in baseball, counting regular hitters. Yeah. So if you come in, Fred, six feet from him, here's the other problem. In the American League, he was with the Red Sox, really batting, unless there's interleague, and, and Fred hates the most when you're in the American League, even yeah. the National League Park, and his, he was 0 for 66 right. career. Yeah, he didn't have any hits until he came to the Cubs. Now, right? the guy's worked his tail off. Yeah, he's hit some he's gaffers. A, he's a terrific uh, yeah. teammate athlete, not just pitcher. He now lays, he, he now can hit the ball. He hits the ball very well for a pitcher, yeah. so I don't know you could come in. 10, well, you could 20. at least try. No, no. I mean, I don't know if you'd bring your third and first stand, let him hit. You could at least try. And you can't walk him, so you got to put it over to yeah. plate. They were not very close in. You're exactly right. Here's here's another thing yeah. uh, with John Lester, who pitched a great game last night. Uh, a stat that I didn't know. Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago tweets all these things out. He must say, have a little John DeWine in him. There is, these are unbelievable. Uh, the most starts of five-plus innings and one or fewer runs allowed. 2016, 2017, and this year. Okay? Kershaw is 27. Sale is 28. Verlander and Scherzer have 30. John Lester is 34. 
He's amazing. 30, he, he's the best in baseball. He's the best. Five-plus innings, one or fewer runs allowed since 2016. What John Lester's been doing for the team is absolutely amazing. Tip of the hat to Theo Epstein, a terrific free agent signing, which I guess then offsets a little bit. You know, Offsets Hayward a little bit. Ed, Edwin uh, Jackson, yeah. Hayward, and... We don't know about you, Darvish, yet either. No. You know what? I get a kick out of this. We got a caller. Real quick, Fred. I get a kick out of this. Everyone all week, last two weeks, oh, Darvish, he's soft. What's wrong with them? Bad signing. Not one person has said anything about the guy that conceived the signing, paid the money, you know, lured him to Chicago. They won the World Series because of Theo. Oh, I know. How'd this guy get here? By, like, magic? Uh Poof. Here he is. No, someone desired him, paid him, and brought him here. So it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for the uh, bloom to be off the rose on uh, that GM's decision. Uh, Kevin Palatine. Hey, Kevin. Hey, morning, guys. Hey, Murph, I got to agree with Fred. I love you, but you cannot compare Matt Garza, Andrew Kashner, and Ryan Dempster to three cost control. Chris Sale is a once in a generation pitcher. I never compared an anything. Deal. Hold on, Quintana Kevin. Murph, my turn. Murph, can, my can turn because you're now, you're misrepresenting. You're going to overtalk me. No, I'm going to talk and then you're going to talk. Don't hang up. Okay, then let me speak, Murph. Well, no, because you've already made it. No, error. you're not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, put you on hold. You can come back in a minute. I, I didn't compare. Did I compare? You were comparing, comparing the moves. You basically said I the said, White Sox made trades and the Cubs made trades. All right, go ahead. So Murph, it's it's it, Murph, it's apples and potatoes. One 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 had one had three aces up his sleeves. The other one had a four, a two, and a six. And you love to do that. We all understand your little game. Oh, he the cupboard wasn't bare. The cupboard was bare. So just knock that off. It, it's just ridiculous. And there's no comparison. And Fred did just say it right. You did try and compare it because you will do anything to denigrate Theo. Anything possible. So that he wasn't. Hold, that on, hold on, true? Kevin, 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 true. by him saying that he wasn't denigrating Theo, what he was doing was saying Theo made those moves and brought guys in. He oh. was doing just the opposite oh, of what you said. Just said. Yeah, the cupboard, no, the Theo, cupboard Theo was did, not there. Theo did a great job. How do you think Theo the cupboard was job. not there? And that's what he said. Theo. It's that's what Fred, he said, you know Kevin. Kevin, that's what he said. Yeah, because he hates Theo. Plain and simple. Well, you're period. not making any sense. You're not listening to what no, I'm no, saying. No, of course I am. No, He's you're not. trying to make it sound. Don't talk over it's, him, Fred. Okay, no, I won't. I, sorry, Fred. Go ahead. He said, I was saying what the and what Murph said was the Cubs also made trades and made deals that brought over good young players. He was he was saying that Theo made those moves. He wasn't denigrating Theo. He was giving Theo credit. All I was saying was, uh, Kevin, no, and we'll he... give you the last word if you can hold on. All I was saying was the cupboard was not bare. Do you think the cupboard was bare when he had uh, veteran Major League starting pitchers of value to trade and get back guys like uh, Rizzo? He gets guys back like Edwards. He gets back guys like Hendricks. And he gets back guys like uh, Russell. From Jim Hendry's uh, empty cupboard. That's all I said. 
Yeah, but Murph, there's always the undertone. And you know, uh, why not just... But do you have any other arguments or facts, or are you just going to keep name-calling? No, no, no. I, I, All I, right, I... then we're done. Thanks. Murph and Fred, back in a flash. 332-3776 is our famous phone number. Mark Potash, top of the hour. He's on to Bears and much, much more. And uh, we'll get the results. Vote right now. And we got the Cubs lineup for game ah, one. lineups are in. Yep. Tension, tension, please. Which do the Cubs need more? Hitting... Starting pitching, last chance to vote now at ESPN 1000. Beautiful day, no rain. Supposed to go to the Sox game tomorrow. It's no a rain. little uh, not right here, right now, is there? It was drizzling this morning. Yeah, all the way here, right yeah. now at State Street. Okay. So I can look out the window and see. No rain right at the second. Yeah, yeah. At Sox Park, I went two weeks ago. I didn't tell you this. Some of uh, the family, we yeah. were out in the uh, right center field uh, outfield seats. Uh-huh. Not where the flat benches are. Right. But on the uh, right center field side. The only problem was... To, to see the big scoreboard behind me was almost impossible yeah, yeah. because it was directly, like, behind me. Sure. Then you try to look at where the ball strikes, outs, inning, score, and it's sort of on what they call the ribbon. Right, like, around you know, the ballpark, around the, the, around uh, the upper deck. Right. The hang, near the uh, press box. And you have to look for, like, about, you know, I guess I'm not that smart. Because every time I'd look up, I'd have to look again. Where are the... What's the count? I'd have to look up. Yeah. And uh, Shields had a no-hitter through seven. He was pitching real well. Now we're here with, we're there with the family, and you're talking, and the kids, and, the, you know. And I, I realize he's pitching a good game, but I never really noticed where it said run, hits, and airs, that there was a zero there. I go, oh, my God. Was, and the other one thing bothered me. So I'm walking back on that beautiful concourse in the bleachers, yep. uh-huh. and they've got the uh, shower, yeah. the old uh, one from Bill Vick, and they've got a little sign on there that tells you the history, a little... They never mentioned Bill Vick's name. Oh, no? No. The shower from 1977. Da, 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 da. That's weird. And does, does Reinsdorf's mind, is he, weren't they originally, they didn't like Vick, but isn't that over by now? And just, I would at least think put so. Bill Vick, yeah. you know, initiated the shower in the old ball, whatever. I don't like Bill Vick for well, the trades he made in 59. After the 59 season. Got right. Rid, right. Got yeah. rid of all of his I players, know, know. all of his young guys for veterans. Hey, we got the lineup for the Cubs uh, game one. Listella um, playing? No, no Listella. Okay, uh, Contreras off. Yep, Contreras okay. takes the, uh, the the afternoon off. Okay. He'll probably play this evening if oh, they yeah, play. Definitely. Now Mora in center. You've got Bryant hitting second at third. Rizzo at first. Russell four hits yesterday. Now he's a cleanup man uh, at shortstop. Schwarber's in left. Caratini behind the plate. Javi's at second. Ian Happen right. Mm-hmm. There you go, Ian Happen right. <clears throat> And uh, Kyle Hendricks is pitching. It happened center yesterday. Uh, Zoe leading off. The uh, some of the highlights quick of the Cubs game yesterday. Then Fred didn't get the a bunch uh, of them. lowlights of the uh, White Sox. Let's bring in EO eleven. EO, what were the uh, results from our nine o'clock uh, Twitter poll? Which do the Cubs need more? A hitting and runs. Uh, B starting pitching. Fans said, "Oh." Eric's on another project right there. Look at that in a moment. Here's our 9.30 uh, Twitter poll. Who's going to have a better year? What do you think I'm leading up to here? What okay. is what, who's having a better year? Who, who do you think is going to have the better year right now? <laughs> Jim Deshays or Steve Stone? 
Omar, if that's the craziest thing yet. Well, I don't know. In fact, let's eavesdrop. Last week, you might recall, Chuck Garfine joined us from uh, uh, NBC uh, Sports Chicago. And uh, I was talking about White Sox, uh, and that was a Cub Sox. And uh, here's what Chuck Garfine said about his uh, sort of counterpart over there, about Jim Deshaies uh, uh, as the analyst for TV. Chuck? Yeah, I don't watch that many... Cubs games and JD has so many one-liners. Yeah. I was really entertained by him. I mean, he just kind of slides him in there. I was yeah. very, very impressed with him. I mean, I like Len Casper obviously too, but uh, sneaky good. Uh, if you, if you yeah. I have the earpiece in my ear. I'm hearing every word he says. He's funny. He had me rolling a few times. Really good stuff. Sneaky good. Yeah. Chuck Garfine talking about Jim. Let me tell you something. You know, Stoney's terrific. My good buddy Steve Stone's terrific. Jim Deshays, every year he gets better. And not just forecasting what's going to happen on the next pitch, you know. Uh, analyze, uh, analyzing uh, what just did happen. Tossing in some, uh, you know, corny humor from time to time. But not so corny that it's cringeworthy, at least not to me, you know. So uh, I know it's going to be like the 90-10, the vote. But, you know, just let's see if Jim Deshays uh, uh, can rack up anything right there. I just have to tell you one thing. Yeah. When the White Sox played the Cubs this year at Wrigley Field, I listened to every game with Len Casper and Jim Deshaies. I'll just leave it at that. They're palatable. Damning with faint praise, uh-huh. as Rick uh, would say. But I, I, enjoy, I enjoy Len no, Casper. I palatable. Actually, I actually sent him a... Um, I actually sent him a message because yeah. he was talking about something and he misspoke and he just he didn't mean to. But yeah. you know, when you're talking for nine innings, you're going to misspeak. I just wanted to make sure he had the huh. the information correct. He got right back to me on Twitter. Yeah. That was real nice. But I listened to them All because right. I love I love the the interaction between Casper and Deshays. Let's bring now, in again. I'll just leave it at that. You know, eleven. Uh, what the fans say? Which do the Cubs need more hitting or starting pitching? Uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's about 80% B, starting pitching. Fred, did you want to vote on that? Uh, I was going to say more hitting because mm-hmm. they've been really inconsistent. We mm-hmm. had we saw the numbers earlier that uh, Jesse, I know, posted them. The Cubs had 142 runs in 13 games mm-hmm. with just 67 in the other 27 games. So consistent hitting, kind of like what they got last night. Well, I vote A. Uh, they need uh, hitting and runs more than starting pitching. Now, I don't know if that means... Internally, from what they already have on the twenty-five man roster. Oh, you were thinking about additions. Well, I am, but okay. no, but I, but one way or the other, uh-huh. they're going to get you, get you, get you. One way or the other, they need to score more runs. Yeah, um, I would, I would night. vote for A. Well, you know, can they play the Reds more? Nineteen times isn't enough to play Cincinnati. Well, Homer Bailey is not oh, going to be God, living still... at home there much anymore. I, it's amazing that he's still in the big leagues. I. Eric, what did the fans vote? Sixty-one percent of the fans said starting pitching they would. Uh, the Cubs need more of. Hold on, and I bet their least favorite it, guy is you, it, Darvish. It caught me off guard. They said what? Sixty-one uh, percent said the Cubs need more starting yeah, pitching, but only sixty-one. Correct. I thought it would be about ninety. See, here's the thing: that behind the scenes, you have to uh, remember, the starting pitching can really be affected by. If you're not scoring any runs. Sure can. If you're the starting pitcher and you're up 6-0, yeah. 5-1, you know, even 4 nothing, 
second, third inning, you've got a whole different mindset. You don't abuse your arm as much. You, you just know. go on out there and wing it. Stressful. You just flip it up there. Not as much stressful pitching, uh -huh. I think, is one of the new uh, buzzwords. You know, stressful. Uh, yep. Stressful. So hitting can relax. Not Relax is the wrong word. Uh, let your starting pitchers go longer in the game, which then protects the bullpen. The whole thing here is when you get these four and a third, five and a third innings for any team, out of your starting pitching, your bullpen's going to be toast. Yep. And when your bullpen's toast, that's no Gouda. Now, one good thing about the Cubs' bullpen, they're very well rested for the doubleheader today. Yeah, they had the day off uh, the other day yeah. because of the rain, the rain out. And uh, Morrow, uh, Shoop. Stroke. Edwards didn't Stroke. pitch. What, uh, yeah. That Baltimore second baseman, S-C-H-O-O. -O. I yeah, know. I but I called him Shoop for a year. I know. And uh, they're both from Baltimore Orioles. Okay, Strope. C-Shek's uh, not been overused. Uh, Dunsing, whatever. Edwards is ready because yesterday you had uh, Wilson, Hancock, and Montgomery. I'd like to give Edwards another day off. He's had three bad outings in a row. Yes, he has. <clears throat> but you I, know what? That's, that happens with him. Well, he needs his rest. He wasn't abused or overworked. But now the last three outings, I try to give him as much time as I could. His last three outings, uh, <laughs> seven hits, seven runs. Okay. In just two innings. Yeah, well, so, yeah, he struggled yeah. a bit. Now, the Cubs both. So, last night, uh, Cubs win, uh, as we uh, uh, mentioned, 8-1. Uh, to one. They just got, Their first five guys got hits. They were up 3 nothing before you even had a chance to get back to your seat after the game started well, after the should, hour and a half rain delay. Worry me, they should have had more. They still had second and uh, they had first and third. Nobody out. Uh, let's see. Can, no, here. So, Schwarber comes up, Fred. It's already 3 nothing. Second and third, nobody out. Three on the board. Yeah. Great. Second and third, nobody out for Schwarber, Baez, and Hap. They don't get another run in. Uh -huh. Schwarber pops out to short, leaves men on second and third. Now with one out, Baez, I tell you, you know what? This guy will just break your heart. He is what he is. You're never going to change him. All of a sudden now, most of them swinging from the heels. He's looked to me like he's off the plate another inch or two away from the plate, and the outside pitches is trying to yank him. He's three for I, his last 21. He's trying to yank outside pitches. You better stand closer to the plate if you're going to do that. Three for 21 with eight strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cubs hitters yesterday, eight walks, five Ks. Very unusual. But here's the stat of the, of the game, which is... Uh, the Cubs pitching gave up three walks and 15 strikeouts. Yep. 15 strikeouts, <laughs> three walks. Yeah. Hancock struck out two. Wilson struck out three. Yeah. He struck out the side. Wilson did. Montgomery struck out two. The bullpen, three innings, no hits, uh, two walks, and three or seven Ks. Yeah. This, Pretty good, huh? Now, here's another great move by Theo. Kevin, you listening? Is my microphone on? Another great move by Theo was picking up this guy, uh, Hancock. He's throwing 97. Yeah, that's what you he's want your, throwing, to, your relievers to do. He's throwing peas. Yeah. I had to look up. You know how the Cubs got him? Nope. I figured he was one of those, the blind uh, squirrel finds a, a pitcher in the system, Acorn. Where'd they get this guy? From Matt Caesar from the Padres. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a great move by yep. Theo. Mm -hmm. And well, maybe, I maybe it was Judd's decision. I, and I didn't know until Jim Deshays. 
Uh, is anyone voting for Jim Deshays? I think a lot of people will. <clears throat> you think that just Cubs Sox uh, bias votes? Not if there's any uh, whites. Not if not if Sox fans listen to the broadcast a lot. Ooh, teeter totters flipping up in one direction, huh? Okay, all right. If it's even fifty fifty, I'd be stunned. So you know what Jim Deshays says? I'm watching this guy throw ninety seven canned heat, and he mentions. With the Padres, he was a starting pitcher. Okay. Now, I don't know if that was in the big leagues or the minors or probably a combo. Hancock with the Padres was at sitting at 92-93. What can happen? Oh, so steroids. Well, you always have to consider everything with everybody. <laughs> yes, you do. Right. Robbie Cano. I could take him and probably not hump it up at 97. Uh-huh. Maybe you could. I don't know. <laughs> Eric certainly could if we... Oh, there's no doubt. Eric's going 98. Eric, here's some Fred Flintstones. Take these for a month and see if you can hump it up to 97 at the county fair and blow your arm out. I'm in. Let's let's start setting some records. Ever something. been to one of those county fairs? Absolutely. And I hurt my elbow. Oh, I did too. No doubt. You know yeah. what I did? I pulled a hamstring. My foot slipped. <laughs> As my, my plant foot no, slipped. When and you I pulled were, a hamstring. That was I your bowling. Too, twice. I pulled hamstrings bowling and throwing <laughs> and throwing for for time and or you for admit it on speed. The, and you oh. admit it on the radio. Listen, I'm, every, every, every fault I have, I've admitted on the radio. I was over at Lincoln Avenue, the big Lincoln Avenue fest. Yeah. And then he was going to summer right by the Biograph up and down there. And there's the pitch thing with the miles. Yeah. Per, I hadn't thrown a ball like in probably 10 years. Yeah. Did I warm up? Did I no. even rotate my Hell no. no. Well, of course, I had a few beers under my belt. You know, whiskey muscles. I get up there. I fired a thing. I think it registered like 38, and, I, and I, my yeah. arm was pulsating for like a week. I was with my wife in downtown Downers Grove. She goes, here, give this a try. Did she do it? I know. She let, she just laughed and took a picture of me as my as I limped away was uh, your with pain a hamstring. In the, was your pain up by the no, bicep? Or the... My arm didn't hurt. Oh. I heard, pulled a hamstring. Eric, was yours up here in the uh, bicep or in the elbow? It was the elbow. You get a little nerve tingling in the uh-huh. fingers from the elbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little nerve tingling. I like Tommy Thayer during the Bears games. Oh, it's just a stinger. He'll be back in a minute. The guy's walking off like his arm's falling. He'll be right back. Just a stinger. <laughs> Never had a stinger. Never been in a locker room. Three three two three seven seven six. Vote right now. A few minutes away from Mark Potash covering the Bears and much, much more. We're going to ask Mark and ask you uh, later. Well, ask Mark if he's ever thrown to try and see how fast his <laughs> fastball is. Okay. To unretire a retired number, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Bears, George McCaskey, Mike Ditka, Brian Erlacher, and Bulldog Turner and Bill Hewitt. What? Back in a flash, vote now at ESPN. Yep, 1,000. away from Mark Potash, sometimes featured columnist, man around town. He'll cover all the sports with us, Bears for sure. And I'm uh, going to ask him about, because uh, he's also a historian, a Chicago sports historian, Mark Potash, okay. his friend. And, and uh, George McCaskey, when they retired number 89, mm-hmm. the coach, a few years back, he made a statement. George McCaskey, and I'll leave it with this. He said, this is the last number we'll retire. Right. 
very fitting that 89 is, you know, the last number. Well, because they've retired 14 right. numbers, which is more than anyone in the NFL. Yeah, there was a reason for mm-hmm. that. It wasn't just mm-hmm. that they were trying to be mean. No. Yeah. But we'll uh, broach the subject for a minute among many other things. Would it ever be okay to unretire a retired number? Well, think about it. When they when they go to camp, they have like ninety guys at camp. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. if they've retired fourteen numbers, yeah. that means that four numbers have to be both ways. You have to have the defensive number and an offensive. number. They do that a lot, right? Because so otherwise, yeah. so I don't. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they decided to stop. Or right, they'll have like a, a fifty-two on offense and a fifty-two on defense right. up in Bourbonnais. Yeah, uh, three three two three seven seven six. A uh, couple final uh, notes on last night's. Uh, Cubs game. We went through some of the uh, the numbers there. I think the biggest one is they scored eight runs without a homer. I, and that's, I mean, I think in Joe Madden's mind, um, if I could get into Joe Madden's mind, and that would be a scary thing because I don't know. I think maybe the hair dye might have affected yeah. it at times. But yeah. um, he's got to be happy that they scored eight runs without a home run because what they did was they hit the ball, they put the ball in play, and Addison Russell, who for the last year and a half, I just can't figure out what kind of player he is or isn't. But four hits yesterday and a walk, he got on base five times. That would be nice if you get him going because you need another guy in the middle of the order to start going. Uh, Schwarber's been struggling of late. Baez has been struggling. If you can get with Bryant at the top and then Russell, I mean, you need that in order to, to get a, get on a roll here. Catch catch the Pirates and the Brewers. So are you saying Addison now. Russell's value is a higher today than yesterday? Trade value? I think it would. I think it might be. Four for four? Yeah. On base five times, I believe he walked yes, also. He, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I just say something? And then we got a, a, a great uh, stat here from John Dewan real quick. Let me just say this. Addison Russell for uh, Manny uh, Machado, right? Uh-huh. Oh, Murph, I'm so tired of that topic. I'll give you a new angle. You might not even have to give up something as valuable as Addison Russell. Everyone's un- misunderstanding the market. There are very few teams that are going to cough up much for a guy for three months. Right. I guarantee you. You look at uh, look what the Sox got for uh, Quintana. Uh-huh. We don't know what he's going to be. Could be a bust out. Could be a Hall of Famer. Could be Lou Brock. Like when I was a kid. And they traded, the Cubs traded Lou Brock for Ernie Broly. Lou Brock was really good, though. Not when they traded him. He was a 250 hitter losing balls in the sun. Yeah, but he he became a great player. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't know what they had. Yeah. So I just hope the Cubs know what they had in Eloy. I hope they uh, didn't say, well, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's trade him. Well, two years ago, you thought they knew what they had in Addison Russell. And since then, we don't, we're not quite sure. I was never that high on him. No? He's okay. I mean. I was. I predicted 30 home runs. What the hell? So here's the thing. This uh, control, length of service, controllable guy. Yeah. See, the Cubs coughed up Eloy because, now, Quintana. They only got him through 2020. Uh-huh. So let's say Quintana, you know, at the end of this year, he's a 500 pitcher. And you know what? He's gone after 2020, just about when Eloy, if he's what everyone says, that he'll be really, you know, kicking rear end. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. For only three months of Manchado, you don't have to give up what, everyone, what you think. In fact, here, this might sound ludicrous. You might say to the... Orioles, all right, we'll give the Addison Russell for Machado, but we also want one of your minor leaguers. What? See what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Everyone, oh, that's not enough. 
It isn't. And, well, they don't want him. They want you. I, I know. Everyone's like, well, no, no, they don't want Addison Russell. He's only got three years of control left. Well, then you know what you do? It's called a three-team trade. You find a team that is on the come. They need a young shortstop. And they got some a couple of young guys in the minors that the Orioles want. You say three-way trade, like a big triangle. You just move Russell to that team. They move a couple young guys, you the Orioles, back around. And uh, what was the results there? Sorry, uh, John DeWan's numbers we'll get later. But I love his theme song in the background. EO11, what the fans vote? Into a break here for our uh, Twitter poll last half hour. Who's having the better year right now? Jim Deshays or Steve Stone? I figured it'd be Stony about 90%. 63%. Say Jim Deshays is having a better year. Something's wrong. (laughs) Someone's messing with our results. Keep it rolling. Keep that one rolling. Oh, it's always open. They're always rolling. I know, but the bits are For 24 hours, they're always rolling. It's like Northy. Put that on tape! I did mine yesterday. Which of the four guys (laughs) you think were going to break out of a slump soon? And I had Rizzo, Edwards... Baez yeah. and Hap. Everyone loves it. Rizzo won 82%. <laughs> right. And he got two hits. Everyone loves a Twitter poll. We better find something new. We started it. Now, every, I hate doing stuff when everyone's doing it. So, can we find an alternative? EO11, that's your job next week. Find an alternative to the Twitter poll. Yay, get rid of that damn thing. Phone Mark. surveys coming up. Phone oh, yeah. surveys. There Open you your phones up. <laughs> Mark Potash. Keep that one rolling. Keep that poll rolling. Mark Potash, next Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Welcome back Saturday morning, 9 till noon. Murph and Fred. One minute away from Mark Potash. Uh, let's bring in Nail 11. What's our Twitter poll uh, question for this half hour? You want to read it off to us there, Eric, or I have it here? I got it right here. All right, go ahead, man. Which deserves to have their number retired? Is this multiple choice? It sure is. Huh? A through Which? D. We got four, four options. All right. So, uh, Which or which or who? Let's go with who. Or is it who? <laughs> is it who or whom? I don't know. And that's know why I wrote which number. Okay. <laughs> deserves to be retired by the beloved Bears. These four guys, Eric, are not retired. Who do we have? Number 99, Dan Hampton. Uh, Dan Amal. Might be listening now. A great guy in real life, one of the great bears of all time. Hey, Dan. Number 95, Richard Dent. Richard Dent. I met Richard once. I was walking down years ago, State Street over there, Rush Street. Window rolls down. He goes, hey, Mike, how you doing? I go, I'm not Mike North. He goes, no, 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 Murph, right? I go, hey, Richard Dent. Uh, Number 54, the newly enshrined Brian Urlacher. It's not retired, is it? Not yet. Oh, that that done. Next, and number fifty, Mike Singletary. So, vote right now. Which of these four deserves to have their number retired? Uh, uh, Dan Hamp. Well, they all do. Dan Hampton, Richard Dent, Brian. I don't have all of the above because I only had four slots. Uh-huh. Brian Urlacher, uh, the linebacker. Remember, he was our locker for years, and he's our locker. Well, yeah, so many times, even commercials say his mm-hmm, name wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Singletary. Hey, let's go over to the featured columnist from the Chicago Sun Times. Been on the Bears beat for years. Covers everything. Lifelong Chicago guy. And those black 
Oh. He's a historian. The, the Blackhawks kind of stopped a while ago. <laughs> it seems a, like the Blackhawks haven't played for like six months. He's like a five-tool guy. He's like a Swiss <laughs> Army knife. Let's say good morning to one of our favorite guys, Mark Potash on with Murph and Foot. Marcus, hello. Hey, Murph. Hey, Fred. How you guys doing? <laughs> You're doing great, Mark. We're doing, great. we're doing great. You're doing a great job following uh, the beloved. We like to spread all fields with you, but let's do a little bears. Uh, first thing, let's see. Last year, five wins, if I'm not mistaken. The year prior, I believe, was three wins. Three, five. So that means seven and nine would be the logical progression well, wait a minute. That's a whole new regime. Maybe it's not logical, or maybe they're going to leapfrog. I would never put you on the spot. Your editor will do that opening week. <laughs> Pick your wins and losses. And the great thing, Mark, every week, he picks the rest of the season. You know, uh -huh. he goes, yeah, he does the wins and losses for every game still coming up. Like week two, he's got all the rest of them. What do you think, Mark? Seven uh, would be uh, uh, would seven be a nice improvement? Let's phrase it that way. Two more wins, three, five, seven. Well, of course, Murph, it depends on how you get there. If the development in the quarterback is there, if the development uh, in some of the draft picks is there, then and you lose some games because Aaron Rodgers is awesome. Uh, yeah, seven, I think, is seven, seven, eight, nine is, is their range. But I tell you, Murph, mm -hmm. my theme for this year, because every time there's a coaching change, there's always optimism. All these stories that you're going to be reading and that you are reading about the Bears now, they were all written when Mark Trestman came here. Sure. You know, they're all written when John Fox came here. And I guess my theme this year is it's okay to be optimistic because I think the landscape has changed. This is a much different team, in my opinion, even though they're coming off a bad season. It's a much different team. The arrow is pointing up. And this is the first time you can say that with a coaching change since they fired Dick Durant, who you know inherited a pretty good defensive team, similar to this situation, uh, with a quarterback. So I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, seven, eight, nine, whatever. But I think just in general, it's okay to feel positive about the Bears and think optimistically. You could be disappointed. We, they're still the Bears, and, and it's sports. Mm -hmm. But this, is a, to me, in my opinion, this is a different situation than they were in when Ryan Pace started with Fox. And certainly going back to you know to the Tressman uh, Tressman era. Sure. You know, every time Matt Nagy talks, you can tell you can tell the excitement in his voice. You can tell he he mentioned earlier in the week that you know everybody's all smiles up there. Being around the, the players, maybe in a, you know the rookie OTAs and also the regular OTAs and stuff like that, and the regular mini camps. Can you feel it from the players? Do they have well, like well, a, a sense of you know something's changed around here? Well, Fred, of course you can, but to me that's not even what it's about. I mean, because you would feel that no matter who they had hired. I uh -huh. mean, it's easy, it's easy to get that. But the difference is when Fox came in, he had the 31st-ranked defense, and he had an offense with Jay Cutler that wasn't going anywhere, and their best players were about to be traded or released. Now you've got a defense that is ranked ninth in the league, has everybody back, including their defensive coordinator, yep. and a first-round draft pick, and you've got an offense with a quarterback of the future who at least showed some pretty good signs. You know, he was uh, uh, Trubisky was better as, as a rookie than Jared Goff was two years ago, and look what he did with a similar-type team. So what I'm saying is the dynamic is different. I'm, I'm, I, with all due respect to your point, that is great that there's a feel-good thing. There, there's always going to be that. But it's that the dynamic is different with the Bears. That, to me, that's the best reason for optimism. That, that's why you should feel good. Mark Potash. Mark, uh, one of the players, I don't remember who said it, doesn't matter really, but he said, maybe, oh, it might have been uh, a running back, uh, Howard. Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard. 
He's just said he can catch the ball wanting, this year. I keep wanting to say Jason Hayward, even though I don't want to say no, you're, Jason Hayward. Why would you Hayward? want to say Jason Hayward? <laughs> I took a second there. I go, it's not Jason he Hayward. He is back from his concussion, though. By the way, Mark, you follow baseball. Which would you rather have, a worn-out, tired Ben Zobrist in right or a fresh and rested Jason Hayward in right? Your answer, please, on the Twitter poll. <laughs> Uh, it would definitely be uh, Hayward because uh, a tired Ben Zobrist, as we've seen in the past couple of years, yeah. not very good at, no. at bad or in the field. Yeah, but the uh, the well rested Jason Hayward's no day at the beach either. Well, he still gives you defense uh, at least most uh, of the time, and, yeah. and, and if the score's not too close, he can give you occasional uh, big hit. Just makes you know in Cincinnati today, it's not going to be sunny. I don't think so. That'll be a good thing because he has a tendency to lose the ball. So uh, Jordan Howard uh, said uh, a couple months ago, maybe to you, and the, you know what? The other team knew what we were running off. Not, I don't know if he said often, sometimes, whatever. Sometimes the other team knew what we were running on offense. They were running a, a system last year that was just a step up from the. Uh, Sid Luckman's T formation, and I'd forgotten how they thrill the nation when I was watching that uh, offense last year. You've been out there, you've been talking, you've been sniffing around. Give us a little thumbnail of what the offense could look like this year. They signed uh, three new receivers. Uh, they still have Adam Shaheen from last year. Going to try to belch, excuse me, belch uh, Cohen out into the open spaces. Uh, what do we look forward to different from last year? Just about everything on O, right? Well, yeah, Murph. We, I mean, we haven't seen nearly enough to know what sure. this offense is going to look like. Mm -hmm. All we know, we know two things: uh, um, the Bears, la the Bears last year under Dal Loggins were very conservative. You know, part of it was Dal being a conservative guy, but also he didn't have a lot to work with. He had a rookie quarterback and and, and Mike Glennon at the beginning. But we, we saw, uh, at least on paper, a polar opposite because uh, Matt Nagy is totally different. I mean, he's he's just the Total, not that like you're going to be throwing it downfield all the time, but there's going to be so much more diversity in the offense now. Uh, I think there's going to be, I, I think what I'm looking for, uh, any Bear fan would be, is a, is a term that, that John Chu popularized, conflict of assignment, where you that creates open receivers, which is one thing that the offense last year just could not produce. You look at the San Francisco game last year, that was the biggest indictment of the Bears uh, under Loggins when you saw uh, a Frisco offense that had uh, a very similar to the Bears, uh, you know, uh, developing quarterback, whatever, uh, and, and similar receivers, and yet they were having receivers open all the time. The Bears couldn't do anything. Uh, this year, I think, I think, I, like I said, we don't know. Uh -huh. I think, uh, in theory, the Nagy offense will create more conflict of assignment, more diversity, more diverse threats, and, and more open receivers, which kind of just build, you know, more completions, builds momentum, and you know, I don't think it's going to take the league by storm, but I think it's going to be a lot better and a lot more entertaining. But you know, speaking of entertaining, I was just thinking um, this offense for the Bears should be the most interesting offense that the Chicago Bears have ever run since they thrilled the nation with the T formation. Well, if if uh, uh, if the quarterback is good, you know, if Trubisky <laughs> may, takes the next step, yes. Um, if he doesn't, you know the uh, you know the O six offense at least in the first six games that was that was that was pretty tough to top. Uh, so so yeah so yeah a huge if there. If the, if the quarterback is good, uh, it's it should at least be uh, you know interesting, fun to watch, and and at least have a chance of putting a defense on its heels.
Well, instead you, of having to work for every single thing it gets. Well, Mark, the only, the one thing that I think that you know we'll see, hopefully, one way or another, is speed. I mean, these guys are going to catch the ball. If Allen Robinson with the knee injury, I know there's another if, but you know Taylor Gabriel's just fast. You've got speed. If they get the ball to Tariq Cohen more, you've got some speed, and that's something that Bears offenses it seems like have been lacking. The rest of the NFL has added it over the years, and it seems like the Bears never did. Well, they've had speed before, and it hasn't worked out, so I don't know if that factor alone can do it. I think it's just in the whole process of the offense and, and, and just the way, the way it's designed uh, and developed, I think, is what allows you to use that speed, in my opinion. So I, I think, yeah, they're, they're a, you're, they're, I think they're going to look like a faster team, but again, it all goes back, uh, it all goes back to, to Nagy and right. how he designs the offense, because... Defenses are fast too, and uh, and that's one of the biggest things in the NFL now is how fast defenses are, and they can almost negate almost anything you do uh, if you if you are predictable, which is what the Bears have been. So I think I think if the Bears just have a better better conceived offense, they do have more speed to take advantage of it. There's no doubt about that. I felt better before you started giving me facts. <laughs> I liked it when I was just imagining what possibly could happen. Well, what I liked a few minutes ago, I'm not sure if uh, Fred, you said it or, or, or Mark, uh, one of you used one of my favorite expressions. Uh, you said, uh, There's something happening here. Was that Mark or it Fred? It must have been Mark. Something's happening here. And then uh, we'll complete your statement. What it is ain't exactly clear. Mark Potash. Oh, by the way, loved your piece this morning. Uh, uh, Mark Potash, Bears beat right now. Long shot, Franklin. Uh, and these are great pieces that uh, uh, you guys write when we learn a little bit about uh, players. Long shot, Franklin. John Franklin was a backup quarterback at uh, Florida State, East Mississippi Community College in Auburn, then a wide receiver at Florida Athletic last year. And uh, he parlayed... Listen to this, Fred. Franklin parlayed a tryout at the Bears' rookie minicamp. Again, he was a quarterback and a wide receiver into a spot uh, as a defensive uh, back. It's obviously a long shot, but, uh, you know, you're out there sniffing around. It looks like a great story. Give me 30 seconds on your piece today, please. Well, yeah, I don't know what it means that uh, the Bears have a guy who at one point was timed at four one nine in the forty uh, at a at a training facility, and and a team that as bad as the Bears were on offense last year did not make him a give him a shot at wide receiver. <laughs> I, I don't know if that means they're happy with their wide receivers and and they can afford to put this guy on defense. Uh-huh. Or if it means that he's just not a very good receiver and that's the only spot he can make the team. So, again, we don't know much about John Franklin. I guess the only point to make is that it's an intriguing type. You know, there are so many long shots like this sure. uh, that you see every year. Great stories. And he's a particularly intriguing one right. because he's such a good athlete. Uh, we'll go right to the phones in a minute. Uh, Bear fan Bob will be next. Let's have a final vote right now. Your last chance to hit up the Twitter poll. Who deserves to have their number uh, retired of these four? You can only vote once. Danimo, uh, the Colonel, uh, Brian Erlacher. You ever take 294? He's every, every half He's mile. The There's his picture there smiling along with He's Rhino. Got hair. And, uh, and, uh, and Mike Singletary. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Let's slide in Bear Fan Bob next. He's on the road again. Oh. Yeah, I am. Good morning, guys. Actually, I'm on Cicero Avenue now. I'm down south already. All right. Anyways, I was thinking, I was listening to you uh, this morning and talking about the Bears, but I think there's a couple of points that need to be touched on. First point, Donald Loggins couldn't call plays to save his life. The plays he, he drew up, some of them I thought were terrific. 
the sequence he called them in, one play is supposed to lead into another to another. Not one of them was right. Never. You know, after watching football for 50 years, you kind of know how what it's supposed to look like. He couldn't get it right no, no matter what. I think that's going to change with Coach Nagy. I also think with the Bears team, this is a young team. It needs to mesh. So from game one to game two, you're going to notice differences of getting better. By you see game eight, the team will really start to come together, and you're really going to see an improvement in performance. Probably eight games is right. It wouldn't surprise me to see them jump up and even beat, take out the Packers in one of these games this year. I don't know that they'll do it, but I think they got a good shot at it. Guys, those are my thoughts, and have a good day. Thanks, Bob. Always great to hear from Bear fan Bob to distill it uh, down right there. Did Loggins get a bad rap? In other words, his boss, Fox, told him, you know, we're conservative. He didn't have anything to work with. It's easy to pile on him, and I'll be the first to do it. Don't get me wrong. But is it sort of tough to evaluate a guy like Adal Loggins uh, considering everything? Uh, or, you know, was he just not the, uh, the guy long term anyway? Well, I hate to give you the John Fox answer to this, but a little of both. <laughs> All right, that's uh, fine, that's yeah, There's fine. no doubt that uh, Dahl's <laughs> hands were tied a little bit to a certain extent, mm-hmm. not only by the design, what Fox wanted, but also uh, by what he had to work with. But um, it wasn't like it was going to turn into the greatest show on turf if, right. if all those things were 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 you know were better. And I think Bob's first point is actually a good one in that there were times where Dahl would call a good play or the Bears would run a good play, but they could not. I guess the best way they say it now is stack plays. They mm-hmm. could not. They could not get a defense like I said before. They could not put a defense on its heels. Right. They could not zig when you were zagging. They never had you kind of thinking what was going wrong with the first play, and then all of a sudden they hit you. With something different, and that's where I think the difference is going to be. On paper, theoretically, that's what the as Bob kind of pointed out. That will be the difference with a Matt Nagy offense, where one play will lead to another, will lead to another, and it's just like the Bears. Whenever they're facing Aaron Rodgers, you're so frustrated. You just, you, he gets you here, and then he gets you there. He looks one way, then he looks the other. I mean, he always keeps you on your heels, and I think that's what the Bears will have going for them this year. To what degree of success they'll have, I don't know, but I still think that will be one facet of their offense that you'll know notice a difference in from last year. Uh, Bear fan Bob, and he's been watching the Bear, well, he's Bear fan Bob. Yeah. He also mentioned maybe a, a victory versus Green Bay. Let me just uh, wrap up our Bears talk in a few more minutes on other related, unrelated with Mark. Let's say the Bears, you know, can go eight and eight. Just, you know, the old what if. Would that mean, Mark, Fred, that they would have to pretty much go one and one against the division, one and one against the Lions, one and one against Green Bay, one and one against Detroit. There's three and three, your division out of a six games. To get to eight and eight, it's not easy, even for, you know, good teams. How, how do you get to eight and eight if you're the Bears? Do you need to win one game from your three divisional uh, foes? Well, theoretically you do. I mean, but, you know, like, was it last year they went 4-0 against their AFC uh, uh, mm. opponents? So, I mean, right. that's not going to happen this year because they got the East. But, but, uh, but no, you can do it without uh, – obviously, on paper, you can do it without winning in, in the division, but you mm-hmm. have to be awfully good. But, obviously, they're going to have to win some division games. Will it be against the Packers? I don't know. I think it could be. I think they definitely have a chance to go 1-1 one and one against each of their division opponents this year. For one thing, you never know who's going to get hurt, how many teams are going to have disappointing seasons. On paper right now, the toughest thing about the Bears season and predicting them to go 8-8 uh, uh, eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, whatever, is the division. They're in a tough division. They don't have, on paper, a very... Uh, a, a, 
particularly easy schedule. So, but things can change. So, I'm not really, at this point in time, we're in May. I'm not really uh, concerned about that because we just don't know what the other teams are going to look like. Uh, and we don't know what the Bears are going to look like. But I guess to your point, yeah, uh, the, for the Bears to make any kind of mm. real improvement that means something, they're going to have to win, obviously, in the division. So three, three. I think, I think yeah. splitting with each, actually splitting with each of their division opponents, pretty good goal for this, oh, for this yeah. year. Well, it's uh, definitely possible. Hmm. You can beat the Packers at home. Well, and the one thing, too, uh, Mark, you look at their schedule, and they only play one division game in their first eight and then they play in a span of 11 days. They play three division games. They play the Lions, the Vikings, and the Lions again, which is stupid scheduling. But those are a huge, that's a huge 11 days for this Bears team to play in three division opponents in three, in 11 days. In fact, remember my great uh, idea years ago? I think, Mark, I've had so many great ideas, and for some reason, none no of them. No one listens. No one listens. <laughs> I said from the beginning, in the NFL, game six, seven, eight, the final three of the first half should be against your three division teams and games 14, 15, 16 should also. In other words, you should have eight weeks. And Fred, this is what you're leading up to. Yeah. You should have eight weeks, Mark, separating the two games with the Packers, eight weeks separating with the Vikings, eight weeks with the Lions. Why? Mostly because A, injuries. You don't want to put the two, same two teams shouldn't play. What'd you say, Fred? They're playing the Lions twice in 11 days. See, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Be it the Bears banged up or the Lions, you should have eight weeks separation. Can do you like the idea? And can you work on that for me, Mark? <laughs> Murph, uh, if this were my show, you'd be going to Brown's Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a great idea, but I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's May nineteenth, and I'm mm. a newspaper reporter. Okay. The only thing I know about the Bears' schedule <laughs> is that twelve of the last thirteen games start at noon. So I really haven't been looking at it quite the game by game, like but the that. concept of your idea is yeah. outstanding, and I think it makes yeah. there, there's a, makes a lot of sense. So I am all for yeah, it. Yeah, just too good of an idea, and I'm not even asking royalties. All right, let's go to the question of the day. And uh, Mark Potash, not just a great current events beat guy. He knows the history. He's done some great pieces, the 50 greatest Cubs, the 50 greatest Bears of all time over the years. Uh, the, you know, the best uniform number one, the best uniform in Chicago, number four. You know, the whole thing. I, when Mike Ditka's number was retired, it was the 14th number, 89. And George McCaskey at the time said, this will be the last Bears number retired. We have 14 numbers retired more than anyone in the league. And... uh now, we have a Twitter poll out there with sort of a trick question because according to the president of the Bears, there will be no more numbers retired. The question, let's bring in EO11, who deserves most to have their uh, Bears number retired? Dan Hampton, 99, Richard Dent, 95, Brian Erlacher, 94, Mike Singletary, number 50, obviously they all should be retired, but then you'd run out of uh, usable numbers, maybe. What the fans say, Eric? Um, you want me to go bottom to top or just uh, first? Number one is going to, I know how the fans vote. They're gonna, it's current, what's in my mind. Erlacher won. Right, with 56%. All right. Then Hampton and Dent, long ago, you know, in 1985, they will be tied for second and Singletary will be last. Singletary is in second with 22%. Shows what I know. Hampton is in third with 14 and Dent with just 8%. All right. So here's the question I want to pose to Mark Potash and Fred Hubner. Would it ever be right to unretire 
a retired number. No, no, not Ernie Banks. You can't take 14 down. Nellie Fox, number two. Uh-uh. What are you going to do? Unretire Bobby Hull and Makita, 9 and 21? No, I'm not saying that. Let's look at the Bears' 14 retired numbers. Bronco Nagurski, 3. George McAfee, 5. George Hallis, 7. Willie Gallimore, 28. Walter Payton, 34. Gail Sayers, 40. Brian Piccolo, 41. Sid Luckman, 42. Dick Butkus, 51. Bill Hewitt, 56. The great Bill George invented middle linebacker, 61. Clyde Bulldog Turner, 66. Red Grange, Galloping Ghost, the Wheaton Iceman, 77. And Mike Ditka, 89. I'm going to ask you, and if you want to write a big piece on this, you don't have to give me any credit. I would just love to find out and your thoughts. Mark, everyone loved Bill Hewitt in the day, back around World War II, a great, great uh, lineman for the Bears. And everyone back in the day loved Clyde Bulldog Turner. These are both Hall of Fame guys. George McAfee, but number five is not as relevant here because that's a, a quarterback number. Would you ever think that it would be right, that it would ever be you know, ethical, to say, you know what, we need some numbers for these great guys like a Hampton, a Dent, an Erlach, or a Singletary. In fact, Fred, I'll put you on the spot first. Would you ever say, you know, Bill Hewitt got to love him 56, Bulldog Turner got to love him, you know, 66. Let's reactivate those numbers so we can retire a Erlacher or a Singletary the or only things one like I, that. The only one I would reactivate would be number seven. Well, he never wore it. I know. That's why. Right? Because right. Hallis never wore number seven. <laughs> right, so why did we retire it? We, the Bears. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? You tell me. I, I agree with Fred. Well, I, I think once <laughs> you retire a number, I think what's done is done. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I just think in general, I feel the same way about retiring numbers as I do about the Hall of Fame. It should be much more, a much more of an exclusive honor. Uh, that, uh, than it is. I mean, the absolute best of the best at all. And, and I just think, like, I don't think you can, I think that, well, I don't know, it's kind of on a tangent, I think there should be more of a ring of honor. The Bears don't have a ring right. of honor. Right. I think there should be a different way of honoring players because think about it. It's a great idea when you first do it in, like, the 40s and 50s, retiring numbers, but, you know, life will go on, and eventually there will be so many great players that you would not have any. Look at the Celtics or the Lakers. They're, like, running out of there giving num- guys weird numbers now. So, so I think just in theory, the idea of retiring numbers is like a good idea at first, but really it's not really uh, a, a, a good thing in the, in the long term. So I'm more of a ring of honor guy. I guess they can't do it because Soldier Field, the Bears don't own that or something like that, but they do need that kind of thing to do it. But what's, what my, my feeling to this point is what's done is done. You really cannot unretire numbers, right. although it's been done, I mean, I mean, just for particular players. Um, you know, when Omar Vizquel came to the White Sox, he wanted to wear 13, ah, and Ozzie Guillen right, had it. So right. he wore 11, which Aparicio, I think, gave him permission right. to. Yep. I think that was. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think the Seahawks, they run retired Steve Largent's number when they got Jerry Rice. So yeah. it's happened okay. before for particular <laughs> players. But then though, I think those numbers then became retired again. Ah. You know, because of the Vizquel thing, that was more of a. You know, they always wanted to honor, like, the Venezuelan shortstop, like 13 for yeah. um, Leon and stuff like that. Exactly. So, in those situations, I can see it. But as far as taking a guy's number down, even if it's Bill Hewitt, who's to say that, oh, gee, you know, how would his family feel? Well, you know, no, that, hey, you're no, longer, you're no longer that great. You know, I mean, and, I just don't think you can do that. And let the record show, number 56, you'll never see it on the Bears, uh, Bill Hewitt, from 32 to 36, 19, a Hall of Famer, but... 
Let the record show. He's played until 1943. He was the last player to refuse to wear a leather helmet. He was out there with no helmet running around. That alone has to make him a retired guy. I don't need no stinking helmet. Not even the leather one. Uh, that was before they had protocol. I think it's more important. To, I think it's more cool when you wear somebody else's number in honor of them instead of retiring numbers. But then again, history is history. Uh, the irony of your comment, Murph, is to play the game might be better if they didn't play with helmets now. It'd there probably you go. Be safer. I've been saying that for decades. Me and the coach. Me and the coach. In fact, the, it's the face mask. A lot of people talk about the leather helmet. When they put the face mask on, that started the era of launching forward. It you, became a weapon, absolutely. You take that face mask off. Let's see how many guys go in their head first, and, and no one's going to get hurt in the eye predict. I know we're up against the clock. EO11's going crazy. Mark, thanks for your personal time on a busy Saturday. Check out Mark Potash, sometimes guy. Appreciate your time, Marcus. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Fred. Always great to talk to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, back in a flash, lots to cover. Here's our Twitter poll coming up. Vote now. The Bulls tank job. A or B? Wasn't worth the effort? Oh, A, B, or C. Bulls tank job. Wasn't worth the effort. B. Could have been better. C. Great strategy. Vote now. Everyone on hold will get to you at ESPN 1000. Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Halfway home on a busy three-hour sports gab fest. Are we gabbing and festing? Uh, yeah, I've heard that expression, whatever that means. Glad you're with us. Speaking of festing. Oh, yes. Uh, I, beer fest. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but if you're looking for a neighborhood gem of a restaurant, oh, okay. the place with a cozy atmosphere, impeccable menu, mm. not an easy find. Well, here's some advice. Go experience Vincitori. We've been there. Murph and oh, I have been there. Terrific. Italian cuisine served in a uh, casual Trattoria setting. Is that downtown Westmont? That's right. The heart of Westmont. Vincitori menu includes exquisite pasta, seafood, steaks, veal, chops, salads, all freshly prepared daily, featuring owner and chef Bob's individual style. It's right downtown. The first time I ever had grilled calamari, he puts it on a bed of flash-fried mm -hmm. spinach, it. which is so good. People just order the flash-fried spinach. It's, they love it so much. Head to Vincitori tonight, a feast on some impeccable and incredible Italian dishes mm. uh, paired with a tantalizing wine. Uh, reservations, info, salivating photos, head to vincitori.com. That's V-I-N-C-I-T-O-R-I.com. How do you call it Vincitori? I would call right it downtown. Whatever, whatever you call it, just go because the Italian food is the best. There's nothing better than oh, grilled Lord. calamari. Grilled calamari is great for yeah. people that just get the fried. Try the grilled. Uh, oh, at Vincitori, it's awesome. They'll never have the other. Uh, no, like, you fried. won't. No, never. You'll never have it again. Carm would know. Carm, Carm loves Italian food. Carm, Carm is a, he cooks Italian food. Carmen he's been DeFalco. to Vincitore. Yeah, Carmen he's, DeFalco. He's been there. In fact, the other day, well, about a month ago, got a soundbite here. Remember what we were talking about just prior to the break? I haven't agreed with a ton of things that Coach Ditka said over the years. But I will say, as crazy as it sounds, Coach has always said, you want to make the game safer and you want to teach guys to stop throwing their head in there? Make the helmets softer, not well, he harder. He says take the mask off. Well, but he even said you make it softer the way it used to be, 
and guys aren't throwing their head around anymore. Right. It's a. It's become so hard. It's a weapon, and guys aren't afraid to throw the helmet in there. And it's interesting. It makes you think for a second. And it goes, just watch. See how many guys are leading with their head if the helmet is off. Let the record show that originally Ditka said take the face mask off. He stole it from me. I well, said he that. Stole, he stole take the helmets off from me. And I, I disagree with you. Because the face mask isn't going to matter if the helmet stays hard. Oh, if yeah. it's still the hard helmet, no, because they're still going to lead with their head. No, not when your nose is right there and your, they won't and your care. choppers are right your there. Your nose isn't there. Because if they were leading with their face, <laughs> okay. they wouldn't be leading with their head. They're using their head as a target. If the head, is, if the helmet is still hard, Twitter they're Paul. still going to lead with their head. And if you take the helmet off, they won't lead with their head ever. Three three two three seven Ever. seven six. Line it up, Chicago. Would you lead with your nose and your choppers if you had no mask? See, because with, with with no <laughs> mask, with with no mask, you're going to make tackles where you're supposed to make tackles. So that's that's what's getting everybody in trouble. That's all right. where all the concussions. Let's, are let's bring from. you all eleven. You're really a tiebreaker here. Take off the face mask, players. Uh, Fred Settle still get right in there in the uh, mix. I think players lead with the crown of their helmet a lot. Mm -hmm. So without the face mask, your face really isn't going to get mangled up too much. So I think a softer <laughs> helmet in general. Yeah. Not, not, not I say too no much. helmet. I say no helmet. Uh, oh, by the good. way, uh -huh. by the way, and I know that they're a sponsor because I've heard the commercials. We love all our sponsors. Promoting the Chicago Dogs, the newest professional baseball team out at Impact Field. They sure. played their first home game on uh -huh. the 25th. Yeah. Next weekend, they have their home games. Great little park right out there in the, uh, across uh, from the uh, Rosemont, from the Hofbrau House, which I went to for my birthday the other day. Great place. Wonderful beer. But... The Chicago Dogs had their game last night as they started their season, their inaugural season. My buddy's kid, Kyle Goodell, hit the first home run in franchise history. Cool. Uh, Kyle played the Padres organization for a few years. Now he is back, and he's playing for the Chicago Dogs. So uh, get out out and see Kyle. Kyle's a heck of a kid. Uh, I've known him, obviously. I've known his dad since high school. So he hit the first home run. So when that question ever comes back years from now, who hit the first home run in Chicago Dogs history? Fred Hubner? No, Kyle Goodell. Ah. There you go. So there's, there's Ian Happ's swing, though he doesn't didn't swing much last night with the three uh, didn't in, have to. intentionals. Yeah. Though the third one... I don't like when he swings and poses after he misses the ball. Well, I'm He's, leading up... Yeah, his swing's all... Something's messed up. Yeah. Uh, a little side note, sidebar. The third intentional walk, they did throw two real pitches out of the zone to try to get him to go fish. Then they put the four fingers up, but... He's, not, he's too young. He's never played go, go fish before. Happ... Swing all messed up. That's all I wrote. I'm not a hitting coach. Never been a hitting coach. But uh, like you say, something it just doesn't look the same. It's so weird because he swings, and when he misses, he keeps it out there like he's posing for a picture. Uh, or I know. I don't know what it is. Hey, let me ask you, Sox fans. He uh, does a great weather report, though, on the weather channel. I got tired of that quick. Well, you know, I only saw it once. So that's all you got to do. I saw it twice, once. and it was <laughs> twice too many. Nah. It's like a martini. One's never enough, two's one too many. Um, Matt Davidson. Uh-huh. So I've asked this a million times. I still don't get it. The guy's, you know, what's he got, 10, 12 homers. He's in some of the league-leading categories of uh, homers and some. Why can't he play every day third base? Not to take anything away from Sanchez or these other guys, but 
is he couldn't he be more than a DH? That would improve his value and or trade value. Uh, it, it just now with Demonico, he's a guy they don't uh, want to trade. He's a guy they want to keep because they don't really Davidson. Yeah, okay. they don't they don't necessarily have third baseman. But there's a possibility. But why don't they just play him every day at third? There's a possibility you move Yomer Sanchez to the outfield with Delmonico out. Well, no. Delmon- well, even before that, because okay. I'm sorry, I, Larry Garcia. I don't know mm-hmm. what everybody loves about him, or at least what Ricky Renteria loves about him. But Davidson's also got some great numbers. You didn't know I had these. Um, no, his strikeout percentage and his walk percentage. I heard this, but I forget the numbers. Go Last on. year, his strikeout percentage was 37.3 percent mm-hmm. this year it's down to 30.7 percent his walk percentage this last is the year one. Yeah. was 4.3 percent now it's 15.7 he also leads all of baseball in most pitches seen per plate cool. appearance that's great it's like 4.85 uh, pitches per per plate appearance so he's learned how to become patient uh last night he had a hit he drove in two runs uh he he only seems to homer at uh, Kauffman Stadium. This I've heard year. that. Yeah, yeah, he's got like seven home runs at Kauffman Stadium this year. And a quick White Sox note for Fred: or Jesse Rogers, Cubs guy, in a few minutes. Friday night, Sox minor leagues. Listen, Michael Kopech went seven shutout innings, struck out nine, two hits, two walks, a one to nothing victory, and Dylan Cease. They really had to throw him in. Yep, they couldn't just give Eloy Jimenez for uh, Quintana. Well, here, we'll also give you Dylan Cease. <laughs> uh, Dylan Cease, a flamethrower. Yep, he's showing heat. Went six shutout innings, struck out six, just two hits in the Winston-Salem dash. Six, zero, six to nothing victory uh, last night. I know what happened inside the Cubs. Uh, inside the Cubs, they thought he's injury prone or arm trouble future. So I think they like, quote unquote, threw him in. So we'll see who was right, who was wrong. Well, people forget that uh, the White Sox also have um, Zach Birdie, who had the Tommy John surgery. Now he'll he'll yeah. slowly but surely come back. And a lot of guys after Tommy John come back and throw just as well, if mm-hmm. not better. So. Birdie, one of their two uh, first-round picks a couple of years ago. And they also got Dane Dunning, who was a first-round yeah. pick in the trade. So yeah. that year they got three first-round picks. They had to throw in Dylan Cease to get Quintana. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Just, just ask him. Yep. Just ask him. That's what, that's what Rick had asked for. Get that's what the uh, Theo gave him. Phones when we return. Jesse in about 10, Jed. 10, 15 minutes. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Hope you're having a great Saturday. ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everybody. Mike Murphy, Cub fan from Lions Township High School at Grange. Fred Hubner, White Sox fan from good old Martin East High School in Cicero. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. Going to talk with Jesse, uh, Fred, uh, about I think there's the six-man pitching rotation is in the Cubs' future. Maybe you think so? Yeah, I do. Even with all these postponements and well, stuff like that? that might be even more of the reason. You think so? Yeah, we'll look into that with Jesse. Uh, Don't mess with John Lester, whatever you do. Cubs uh, in Guy's fourth place this morning. Cubs in fourth, two games back. All uh, The top four teams in the NL Central yeah. all have the same number of losses. I they all have 18. I didn't see that. Yep. Well, the Cubs are two games back because they've played, what, four, four fewer four wins? Fewer games, four fewer right. games. Milwaukee's 27 and 18. Now, the question is, yeah. is having games in hand a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing because you have a chance to lose them. Well, no, games. well, yes, of course. Or you have a chance to win them. Well, no, games. no, here's why. And <laughs> okay. what, what, in fact, Jesse used to be on the hockey beat. Uh-huh. We'll bring that in with Jesse the Etsy, NHL phrase, games in hand. Okay. Let's go to the uh, phones. 
And uh, let's see, holding uh, the longest. Sorry for the holding there, John in Rolling Meadows. Hello, Johnson. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank um, you. I'm looking at this Machado situation. I'm looking at who his agent is, and that has a lot to do with it. Well, does it really? Uh, Why? Um. Well, you know, he's going to... He's when he got, becomes a free me. agent, he's, well, oh, okay. he's going to yes. want to make yes. the most money for his, right. for his, you know, for his ball player because right. he gets a portion when of that. He, uh, right. When he's a free agent, the agent has no control over what trade, happens right. of, uh, before the end of this year. Correct. Go on. Um, I'm thinking if he's going to go anywhere as a rent player, it might be the Dodgers because Seager's gone mm-hmm. with the injury. And, you know, uh, he would play shortstop. Sure. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. As a free agent, I'm looking at the Yankees. Could you imagine him in that Yankees lineup yeah, every know, day at shortstop? Number one, oh I mean, God. I can't disagree with anything except I'll, I'll throw this back at you and Fred. The Yankees, I believe, have about three shortstops that are all terrific. Yeah, real good. From Gregorius and uh, Torres. And, uh, one of those guys would end up going to, to Baltimore. No. Or, you know, they're, no, one you of just those said guys a, is going to be trade no, no, They're going to go but out you and just get some said, pitching. Oh, you mean a trade this year? Yeah, I, I think mm. if, if they're going to pick up, if they they're planning on getting no, Machado, the Yankees, a guy the like Gregorius got, but, might be traded. Yeah, but Yankees, what do they need him for for three? They got nothing but hitting. And and they got a huge payroll as it is. But good points. Appreciate your call. Do phone Thanks, again, John. John, up against the clock. I know the White Sox would love to have uh, Manny Machado at shortstop. Yeah, but would he love the White Sox? Well, would he, you mean when would he's he love a, their money? You mean when he's a free agent? Yeah, oh yeah. You're not making a trade mis- for him. Would Mr. Reinsdorf love the money out of his coffers? I hope he would. Joe well, could win. Bourbon, you know, if the Sox don't draw $1.5 million, uh Mr. Reinsdorf pays no rent. We, the taxpayers, well, pay the rent. Get, 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 you reach into your pockets because well, there's not a chance. They're on a pace right now. When, I was at the game Wednesday, and that was a nice crowd, but it was Well, they're on a pace know. right now for $1.25 million. That'll go up a little bit with the warmer weather. But if they don't make $1.5 million, that means zero rent. And uh, that means, of course, that uh, we all uh, pay the, the rent for him. Let's go to uh, Joe and Bourbon A. Joe, go. Hey, boys, what's up? Uh, I got something about the, uh, the unretiring or retiring the number. So we have sports fans. There's numbers, especially here in Chicago, we're uh, very synonymous with that. Numbers are very synonymous with us. Like 23, immediately we think of Jordan. 35, we think of big, big, big hurt. I think with, uh, with the Bears, who have that problem, that there's no numbers they can have for retiring yet. I think, you know, let's take Russell Smith, who we just dra- drafted. I think if you were to have I, like, I think if you're going to sit down with, say, Erlacher, right, and talk him into wearing his number or anything, we can still honor Erl Lacker by having, you know, Smith will still have his name on the back, but there'd be a patch, like, say, on his west side above his heart, where it would say, like, BQ, you know, in honor of Earl Lacker because of all the work he put into that in the number. I you know, think- much like the Patriots did, where I think it was Robert right. Pat's wife passed Thanks, away. Joe. You're breaking up a little, but good point. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, Call I again. Just, I don't. I don't think you need anything special on the uniform number. I think wearing a number from a guy like Brian Urlacher, wearing those kind of numbers, that's that's tribute enough. You know what it means. And like I said, I you know, if I would have never retired any any uniform numbers. I think it's Hold it's, on, what? I would have never retired any uniform numbers. What's up Fred's can next? None. <laughs> None at all. None at all. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes. What was the final results? Quick EO eleven Bulls tank job. 
Did you vote A, wasn't worth the effort after all? B, well, it could have been better than number seven pick. Or C, it was great strategy. What did the fans say? 68% said it could have been better. All right. What was second and third? Second, 25% wasn't worth the effort, and 7% believe it was a great strategy. Uh, Johnny Pack's voting again. Uh, think about it. Even Jackie Robinson, <laughs> they're going to retire his number so nobody will ever wear that again. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if people did wear it in honor of him? Oh, my God. More next. than once a day. Back once in a, a flash. Year, I mean. uh, Murph and Freddie ESPN 1000. Hour number three, Murph and Fred, one minute away from Jesse Rogers. Busy day for you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with Murph and Fred Saturdays, nine till noon. All right, vote right now. Here's our current Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Vote at ESPN 1000. Manny Machado. Cubs trade rumors are A, B, or C. Logical, they make sense. B, long shot. C, stupid. It'll never happen. Vote now. Okay. We'll ask Jesse in a moment for his vote at ESPN 1000. So the Cubs, a day-night doubleheader after a long night last night. Hour and a half rain delay for no apparent reason. Three-hour and 15-minute game. Uh, Cubs weren't uh, didn't have to use much of their uh, big bullpen arms. Got through it pretty unscathed. Uh, started uh, walking, not hitting. Let's break it all down. Now, let's see. Fred Jesse Rogers is at uh, right now Great American Park. Great American Ballpark. Well, I know, but that ruins my shtickle. Oh, He's okay. a Great American Park. Park. And uh, it's Saturday, so that would mean... Uh, Saturday in the park. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. It's Saturday. It's Jesse Rogers. You want to sing along, kid? Oh, man, I knew I needed my coffee this morning. I'm glad I got it. You must have had about six cups already. Well, no, only one, but when you only have one cup a week, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> in one show a week. Miss well, a little, there, miss a lot. Thank God. Otherwise, it miss a little. Otherwise, I'd have to have two cups of coffee a week. Fred, did Jesse even <laughs> he say said it? it right here? Jesse on Twitter says means I need a lot of coffee in the next six minutes. <laughs> Fans said Jesse Rogers does a great job. Check out all his work. You visited with Mike Montgomery. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of things right here. But first, Jesse and Fred brought up the phrase a few minutes ago. Uh, one of Jesse's favorites. Games in hand. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse covered the NHL for years. Now hockey. I'm, I'm sorry. Now, Maybe the Hawks want him back. Now baseball. <laughs> so, Fred, uh, as you were mentioning, games in hand for hockey, Jesse. You know, late in the year, you're back two points, four points, six. Yeah, but we got four games in hand. That's good in hockey to have games in hand, right? Yes, especially if you're trailing. Well, yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. Uh, you want to get those points when other teams are idle. For you sure. have more games to play than the team above you, so you can catch them maybe. Right. Now, let's, let's, right now. let's turn it around. Yeah, the let's, NL Central. Let's do the antithesis, top if four, you will. Top four teams all with 18 losses. Okay. But the Cubs have 23 wins, St. Louis 24, Pittsburgh 26, and Milwaukee 27. So that's good. The which Cubs means Milwaukee's have, played four more games. That means the Cubs have four games in hand to them, three games in hand to, to Pittsburgh, two games or whatever in hand to St. Louis. One from St. Louis, So, yeah. Jesse, 
That's good, right? Or is it? Well, when you have to play 23 straight days, August into, ah. into September, uh-huh. it may not be so good. It depends Ooh. when those games come and when they, and who they're against. That maybe they're going to play Atlanta when the Braves drop off, or maybe Atlanta is going to be so great on August 30th, that's going to be a tough uh, uh, makeup mm-hmm. game. Who knows? So, I, I mean, yes, obviously you want those games if you're trailing, to, but it doesn't mean you're going to win those games, especially if they come in a long stretch. Here's what so it I, means. I can't tell you for sure. Here's what it means. you got a chance to burn your pitchers, starters, and relievers even more quickly. You're playing every day, every day, later in the season. I think it's one of the worst things can happen. They build in off days earlier in the year so you don't hopefully have all this. I think it's very negative for any team that's in bait, not hockey, in baseball, because these days, keeping the pitching staff healthy and fresh, you know, Jesse, that's almost the key thing to winning. Yeah, I will say this year is a little different, Murph. Mm-hmm. If you guys have looked at the schedule closely, the new CBA, I was just telling the sure. great Patrick Mooney from The Athletic about this. It's weird. You know, the Cubs have a day off Monday, two games this week, and then a day off Thursday. There's extra. There's four extra off days throughout the season. So this might actually you know, come in, uh, an advantage for the Cubs in the sense that they have all these rainouts. But I don't, I don't disagree with that, and that's why I brought up the 23 straight days they're going to play. And yeah. I asked this of Madden yesterday, at least – September 1 comes right in the middle of that, so you get reinforcement, mm. though those won't be starters you necessarily, you know, they won't be starting guys that you're going to use, but if you're playing 23 straight and you're chasing your, in your division, that's going to be a tough haul, and the solution, of course, and I mentioned this to Joe, have a seven-game lead. That's the key. Have a lead <laughs> when, you, when these games pile up instead of trailing. He said, he said that's very sophisticated, young man. Yes, yes he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to a uh, topic here, Jesse, that uh, about every 10 years I revisit uh, the six-man pitching staff, six-man starting rotation. Here's why I wait every 10 years, because it's rarely applicable. Rarely does it seem to make sense. In fact, about 10 years ago, Fred 15, remember the time the Sox had a sixth guy and something was, and I said uh, to our White Sox uh, beat guy, I said, uh, maybe it's George Alpin, whoever, I said, can you, if you ever see Kenny Williams bounce it off, you know, yeah. uh, six, and uh, the word came back off the record, off the air. Now it will be on the record. It came back off the air a few days later. He says that you're an idiot and that was the stupidest thing he's ever heard. <laughs> And stay out of White Sox business. Yeah. But let's turn the calendar 10 years. That was a big page. All right, Jesse. The six-man pitching staff. You had a nice sit-down. You can check it out at ESPNChicago.com with uh, Mike uh, Montgomery yesterday. Now, aside to that, what would the benefits be, fellas, of a six-man pitching staff? And what would the negatives be? Jesse, Fred, I'll throw a few things out here. A six-man pitching staff rotation, I keep saying that, a six-man starting rotation, excuse me, means an extra day off for all your pitchers. Therefore, ergo, it should mean that your pitchers go maybe hopefully an extra third of an inning, two-thirds of an extra inning, maybe start getting into the seventh inning. You don't know, but maybe. Sixth inning for sure. You got Morrow for the ninth. Now you'll have one fewer men in the bullpen because Montgomery, I understand that, fellas, but... If the starting pitchers have an extra day's rest, and I guarantee if John Dewan runs the numbers, when any starting pitcher goes on five days rest instead of four, he's got better numbers over the course of a year. 
Now, you'll have one fewer man in a bullpen. You don't have Montgomery, but you still have, uh, what, uh, eight out of the, you still got seven guys. Seven. One of them, one's yeah. Morrow for the ninth. You got six guys hopefully only having to come in most of the time in the seventh and the eighth. I think there's a lot of benefits for resting the pitchers and Montgomery, you know, might be a guy that could help do this. Eventually, you'd need seven innings out of Montgomery. Don't get me wrong. He ain't ready for that yet. He'd probably be 60 pitches the first time, 70, 80. But by the third or fourth start, it should give you, you know, into the seventh inning. But there must be some flaws in this or they'd be doing it, Jesse. You tell me where it's wrong, Fred. Well, it's interesting playing off our last topic there. In the, especially now with this new schedule, I think teams would be against it for the most part because these extra off days already build in a lot of five days between starts. I don't, and I don't right. mean just a couple. There's a, there will be, if, if you had no rainouts and played the schedule out, there would be a lot of five days in between or, or you know, five days off and then the start for a lot of these starters. Now, but. again, playing, playing off the topic <laughs> with these games in the second half piling up, I think you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it anyway because the Cubs know they, they are planning for seven-month seasons. But add on that 23-day stretch, I don't think there's any doubt that you will see Mike Montgomery added as a sixth man, kind of like he was last year. Now, he was earlier last year because you know, Hendricks got hurt. He was in the rotation. But a, a full sixth man, I think we will see in the second half. Wow. You, bring up some, you bring up some good points. I think the negative would be, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the new CBA, if, 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 with everything you know, going as, as planned, there'd be too many like six days between starts or seven days if you have two off days in the middle of a week. So I think that would be the negative if you talk to teams right now. But the reason, yes, correct, as always, the reason it makes more sense are those four games in hand. And, you know, what's your weather report for tonight, today, and uh, day game, night game split, and tomorrow, uh, Tom Skilling? Yeah, I mean, to, uh, day game looks okay. We could have an iffy night game. Not sure about tomorrow as well. So you're right. That might be another game they add on, although both teams are off on Monday, so they mm. might just stay over. Sure. Great another, great another night in Cincinnati for me. Um, <laughs> and play Monday. But, but look, this probably isn't the last rainout. So you're absolutely right. We will see a six man staff in the second half, especially when Lester starts to tire a little bit. I mean, again, you got to keep these guys ready for October and, and to be honest, this is Joe Madden's strength, getting keeping his team fresh for October, and that includes the pitching staff. He, so he's a guy that you don't have to sell a six-man starting rotation on. He'll he'll buy into that. Yeah, but you know, Jess, you know the guys you got to sell it to is guys like Lester and Hendricks. I don't think they like the extra day off. I think they like their routine of pitching and then be, being out there again in five days. Blank them. I'll give you can't Lester do that to the players, though. Look, <laughs> I, I, I'll give Lester credit, and this is why maybe Lester is a lot different than his buddy John Lackey. You know, Lester, at the end of the day, will he, he, he'll say this. I'm an employee. I do what I'm told. Yeah, he hates to come out. Yeah, he hates the six-man staff, but he will do it knowing that, obviously, management thinks it's best for the team. So, yeah, what did, what did Murph just say? You know, screw it. You're, yeah. you're not here to please John Lester or John Lackey when he was. You're here to win games and win a championship. And you know, John Lester might think he can pitch every five days through October, but his arm might tell you something different. So that, that's is, the bottom line. What was the one thing he made sure he let everybody know when coming into the season? He wanted to get to that 200 inning mark again, and it seems like Joe Madden doesn't want him getting to the 200 inning mark. Uh, back to what I just said, he I, might want it. It yeah. may not be best for the team at this point in his career. And frankly, if he was in the AL, he'd have a better chance. Let's 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 not blame right, Joe right. Madden for everything here. It, 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 he gets pinch hit for at times when the game is close. That's going to happen. 
Other times he'll 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 be left in there. But um, the the bigger thing is playing for seven months, and he's not 26 anymore, right? You know, so I, I'm not he's saying not 40 that, that either, he doesn't. But, just, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, he, there are times when he's probably pulled a little early. I don't disagree. Madden is more proactive than reactive in that sense, and we can never know for sure if you had left Lester in these games right. what he'll be in October. But who wants to take that chance? Is what I think Joe is thinking. Yeah, a few minutes with Jesse Rogers Saturday. He's at the park. It is not the 4th of July. Hey, Jesse, one of Theo's best moves, not signing Dexter Fowler for five years <laughs> times 17 mildo for about whatever that is, $84 million. I'm not trying to stump you. I had to look this up. Dexter Fowler, you want to take a guess at his slash line, uh, average uh, on base and slug uh, right now? Just... I, I pretty much just know his average is under 200 still, right? Well, but I, I think you're, uh, over? how about 150? Yeah, okay, he is under 200. On yeah, base. I knew it was at 170 on when we when we when the Cubs played them. On base. Um, I mean, on base. Two, 280. Well, two, at best. 271. Yeah. Slug? Yeah, I know the rest. Fred, you know, we've argued about it as much as as much consternation as there is over this lineup. It's still pretty damn good. Top three in the league with games in hand, by the way, top three in the league with games in hand. Yes, it, it fluctuates, but trust me, the Nationals score a lot and then they don't score any. I mean, a lot of teams do that. They're, their offense is going to be just fine. Can Darvish and Quintana get it get it together? That's the key there. And then a subplot would be, is Rizzo going to find those numbers again? Because at some point we know other guys are going to slump. So to me, those are the major keys for this team. Jesse Rogers. Uh, Jesse, uh, we all love, of course, uh, Anthony Rizzo. But it's sort of a discount. Now, last night, four line drives. Uh, yep. He was two for six. He had four balls on the old schnazzola, which is terrific. But... His numbers still make you wonder at what point, you know, does Joe say, well, you know, he's not a two or a three guy. He's uh, right now, he's hitting uh, 202 and is on base, which I think, yes, here it is, is uh, 302. And, you know, I'm not saying, well, I'm not getting in a lineup controversy or batting order rather controversy because I like the way Joe operates it. And I know I'm out of step Charlie and whatever. But you can't keep penciling him in in the two or three if his on base is going to be, you know, 300 and his batting average is going to be 200. Again, four line drives last night, two for six. Let me let me let me address this. Okay, so the the OBP being a hundred points higher is is a good sign yes. for Joe. Yes, is a good sign for Joe. If that Anybody. was like forty point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that and the other thing is, you know, the more on your resume, the more leash you get. Sure. I don't disagree. There might be a point where maybe you do drop him to six, but I don't, you know, I don't think we're close to that. I think that's more all star break mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If you reassess the team, now it's weird. I looked at the numbers closely the other day. His line drive percentage before yesterday is down, way mm-hmm. down for him. Yet now, if you can follow along, it's a little. This stat's a little different. The hard hit percentage right. is up, meaning he's 
he's hitting the ball, he's popping up the ball, but hitting it kind of hard, if that makes sense a mm-hmm. lot. His, his infield pop-ups are up. So it does seem like it's a small adjustment. He's getting under some balls. Yesterday was good, though, those four-line drives. There is a bad luck factor. His batting average on balls in play bad is bad. way down. I mean, bad absurdly bad. down. Bad. And that, that, I mean, that does indicate bad luck. So my point is there's enough gray area there that I think Joe's going to leave him there for quite some time. And I actually think that's probably the right call. You know, could you move him to fifth? Sure. But right. at, at some point, right. three, four, and five doesn't matter. You really would have to drop him far to make a difference in the lineup. Fred, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm sure most of us are of uh, exit velo, you know, exit velocity. Yeah. How hard does a ball come off the bat? Yeah. But you got well, to change your launch angle if you're going to change. You get well, there you go. Now, here's the thing. You guys know uh, Ryan Zimmerman, a 15-year uh, veteran, yeah. a slugger, and now riding the pines with the Nationals, right? I, I got him late round, thought we had a steal with my fantasy. So about two weeks into the season, I see a printout somewhere, exit velo, who's hitting the ball the hardest in the uh, majors. And number three on the list, there's my guy, Ryan Zimmerman, hitting a blank out of the ball, and he's hitting 187. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I- yeah, I want to just say yeah. I, I I don't like hard hit percentage. I think it's there's mm-hmm. like you just said, but I do like line drive percentage. Oh, sure. I mean, that te- that tells you everything you need to know. And Rizzo's was at eighteen percent at least going into like last night, and his 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 average for his career is like twenty six. So to me, that's more important than any other stat. Let's take a let's bring in Eric Ostrowski for a moment right here and. Uh... Eric, let's find out what the fans are voting. Uh... Jesse, uh, Fred, uh, Manny Machado, Cubs trade rumors, and it'd be nothing if you couldn't have trade rumors. I mean, what would we guys, what would we all, what everybody talk about? Cubs, uh, Machado trade rumors, A, B, or C, logical, makes a lot of sense. B, long shot at best. C, stupid, it'll never happen. Why even keep bringing it up? All right, uh, Fellas, uh, you want to take a guess at what the vote is, or if you want to vote on your own, uh, let's start with Fred. I like the first one. What was the first choice? Logical. Makes sense. Uh-huh. That's where I'm going. Long shot, stupid. Never happened, or long shot, or uh, logical makes sense. What do you think you would vote, or what the fans say? Up to you, Jesse. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll vote and also say what the, I think the fans would say. I mean, I'm, maybe there's a cop-out, but I'd say B. I would just say B. That's the, that's the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exactly a team that's second to last in hitting. People think they are. Or run scored, I mentioned that earlier. So I, I, think, okay. I think it's a long shot for a lot of reasons. I think fans would vote A, though. Now, Jesse, if I may, yeah. don't go anymore to that thing where you don't need Machado in the playoffs. That's been one of your great mantras for the last week. No, I, I, you need I get to the playoffs. No, you said no, playoffs. for the playoffs, in the playoffs. No, I, I wouldn't trade for them if it's just for the playoffs. Okay, why not? Because you need pitching. I agree. How are you going to beat the Red Sox if you don't have hitting? How are you going to beat the Yankees in your own league? Atlanta, they, they're a juggernaut right now. It's early. I don't know that be, you're going uh, Let me, you ask the question. Let me ask right. it because, uh, what, okay, let's say five... Seven, there's, there's, I don't know what, twenty playoff games, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking about whatever amount of at bats. That's, I mean, fifty, sixty at bats. That's what you're going to trade four guys for for the chance that Machado goes nuts in the playoffs. I just think it's a risk. It's a risk not worth taking. All he right. could just, he could go cold just as he could be hot. Okay, you got to trade. Uh, I am listening. <laughs> Did you say you have to trade four guys for Machado? Well, maybe three. You got to trade three. Let me ask a question. 
Why were the White Sox able to pry away Eloy Jimenez uh, from the uh, Cubs for Quintana? Either A, the Cubs know your personnel. Who is that, our guy Stacy King? K-Y-P. Either the Cubs didn't know their personnel, Eloy, or B, uh, they were right and he's going to be, you know, average player or bust out or, you know, average. Or C, they said, you know what, we need that three and a half year control. I hate that phrase, control. Right now, he's still bye-bye after 2020, Quintana. Let's not forget that. And Eloy may just be breaking in around then big time. Not breaking in, but, you know, hitting his stride. Here's my question, Jesse. The Cubs, the White Sox got Eloy because of the three uh, years and three months or whatever of control. Fine. Okay, whatever. I don't know you had to throw in Dylan C's, but that's another topic. But here's the question. You only get three months for Manchado. I don't know how many teams the Dodgers might want him for three months also, and they got a system, I'm sure, where they need to replace Corey Seager or Kelly, whatever, Seager at short. Yeah. I don't know how many teams are going to be knocking down their door. The Orioles, they, number one, they waited too long. They should have done this a year ago. To me, Addison Russell, even up, is very fair, or you find a three-way trade where a team that's on the come right now needs Russell, and they got a couple minor leaguers in a three-way trade with the Orioles. I don't think is what I'm leading up to, long-winded as always, that you're going to have to give as much up for Machado as we maybe think. Yeah, I, you know what I'm going to say? I, I, you may not be wrong, and it's so difficult to measure because it's mm-hmm. about the market, what other teams are, are – I mean, the Dodgers might not be interested because they're, they're so buried in the standings. So I, I don't disagree Ooh. with you yeah. on the surface. How many teams actually will go after Machado as a rental? You might be right. Maybe it is two guys, Russell, and you've got to throw in some sort of pitching prospect or, like you said, three-way. So you may, you may not be wrong. You may not be wrong. Look, I was the guy in the offseason who was reporting right away the Cubs were talking to the Orioles in, in – in the oh, winter meeting. Yeah, yeah. And so I was for it then. I'm just not as we move along here, I'm just not sure I'm as for it now. Okay. But if it is if it is only Russell, then you know, yeah, well, not maybe because again, I'll go back to what I've been saying on the you know, sort of contradicting myself. It's too fun to pass up on once in one sense to see Rizzo, Bryant, Machado. If Machado is going to keep this up, and why shouldn't he? It's his free agent year, so I'm not going to blast the Cubs either way, to be honest, because it's too fun to pass up. I just don't know if you trade a guy if you've already got a team that's going to make the playoffs, but usually you fortify your pitching staff when you think you have a team that's going to make the playoffs, not necessarily your lineup, which is third and runs scored right. right now. Don't make me play waves and windows again from last <laughs> week. The window, I'm worried about the window closing. Catch a yeah. wave and you're sitting on top of Where are the waves of players coming? The window's closing. I'm worried. I don't know. I'm also worried about the trickle-down effect, the ancillary stuff. Uh, Baez becomes your shortstop next year if Machado doesn't sign. Baez got to clean up his act if he's going to play shortstop full-time. Mm-hmm. You weaken yourself at second base. I mean, I just I do like the Cubs' depth as much as everybody wants to see the eight starters in there. Um, you you do weaken your depth, but if you win the World Series because of Machado, then that's the other side of that coin. Well, I weaken the depth. What, what about a free agent in the winter uh, if and for second base? If you can't sign yep. Machado over the winter, which Maybe you can't. You probably, I don't know. You could still leave Biazer. Here's an idea. Spend some money on a second baseman. 
I could be sold on it. Trust me. I could be sold. Who couldn't? It's like uh, trading for Chapman. <laughs> you, you, I mean, that one-year World Series. Who could? Who could not like Machado in his free agent year? I could absolutely <laughs> be sold on it. It's, but it's like you said. I mean, it depends on the marketplace how much you're giving up. It's, and and uh, look, Addison Russell. Uh, long interview with him today with reporters. He's coming out of it too. I mean, his values up. Numbers, his market value high. Four for four and a, and a walk on base five times. Right? He's looking. See, and the one moved. thing you do have to buy is, look, last year uh-huh. was a wash because of his personal problems. He is very young, very young still. Think mm-hmm. about that. So I'm not giving up on him either just, just to get rid of him. But if you're getting Machado, different story. Yeah, well, see, but if you yeah. move Russell, you got Gleyber too. Oh, that's right. You don't have him. Yeah, oh, that exactly. was Chapman. That was fine. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah, it turned out fine. Even, even though even though that uh, you know Theo has gone out and said they don't want to, they're not going to give up a guy that's like that. That's a bluff. Yeah. I know. That's market value. Try to Stop make it lying. Look like, right. Right. Just don't lie. <sighs> and you made me play catch a wave and uh, look through any window. <laughs> Even though you stepped on it, I still love you at the end right there. Well, uh, let's see now. It's the, he's a Jesse. He's at the park. It's Saturday. And, and Jesse, uh, breaking news that I'm sure you knew, but Marion Hosa says you will never play hockey again. Great player. Great yeah. guy. I mean, just love that guy all around, He's everywhere. Off, off the ice, on the ice. What a what a, what a a guy he is. Awesome. Um, fun to watch. And the Blackhawks got away with something last year, didn't they? Just saying he was going to be a, he was going to be out for a year because of his right. ailment. He was itchy. Yeah. As I, I really thought he... After 30 no, minutes but. with Jesse, we're, we're all a little itchy. Thank <laughs> Jesse, great job. You got a double bubble today. Hopefully they get them all in. I know the uh, long days and uh, at your job, I know what you're going to say, but I'll just, it's, a, it's a real grind, and Jesse, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. No, I appreciate it. Love talking to you guys every week. Have all a great one. Right. See you, Jesse. Right, go have another cup of coffee, young man. Murph and Fred back in a flash, and our final Twitter poll vote right now. Will Rick Hahn win... The Eloy for Quintana trade. Yes or no? Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Illinois Craft Beer Week. You can have a tequila. Welcome back, Murph and Fred on the home stretch. Oh, you can probably get a beer with tequila in it. You can oh. get all kinds of stuff. Now you're heading craft over, uh, Fred, to the Illinois. What, tell what is the Illinois uh, Craft Beer Week? Illinois Craft. Uh, it, it started last night. Uh-huh. If you go to um, Illinois Beer at Illinois Beer on uh, Twitter or IllinoisBeer.com, I think it all is right. dot org. One of the two. Cool. You can find the whole list of all of uh, the events they have coming up and. Uh, Craft beer all over for the next 10 days. It's all over all the time, and this is like time to emphasize it. And uh, last night they had the uh, kickoff of uh, Illinois Craft Beer Week at the uh, Garfield Park Conservatory. I was just telling Eric from Forbidden Root is a brewery, and I had a Key Lime New England Hazy IPA. Hazy. Very tasty. Why is it hazy? Is that after you've had 10? No. Well, you are hazy probably after. If you have 10 of anything, you're going to be hazy. (laughs) But this is, uh, hazy IPAs are the new new big thing. It's a New England made. 10 Green Rivers. Uh, that would be oh, oh I that's see way it. too much sugar. <laughs> that's that's ten exactly green, right. Yeah, ten green rivers. <laughs> Last chance vote right now at uh, ES uh, at ESPN one thousand. I'll get it right. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Will Rick Hahn in quotes win? 
don't know why I put the quotes there. I'm trying to make it easier, I guess. Will Rick Hahn win the Elon? I don't. I know why I don't like that phrase. That's why I put it there. Uh huh. Will we all have so many characters around here? Monday through Friday. I was going to say maybe nine during, o'clock with during, the new Walk of Fame uh, guy. More during. Oh, no, I mean, I meant uh, oh, the, I know. the non-on-air guys. Yeah, no, no, I mean the on-air guys. Will Rick? No, we characters love each and every one. We of love them. everybody. Will Rick Hahn win the Eli? Uh, Q Quintana trade, yes or no? Vote right now at ESPN 1000. All right, uh, let's see. Got a spray to all fields here, Fred. Uh, number one, uh, boo, booing. The fans booing. Uh, I remember way back when I was a kid, and that's a long time ago. They had just invented uh, uh, TV. Booing? They TV. just invented booing? No, they just invented oh, television. Okay. And I'm watching uh, a TV. I go, look at that TV, television. The Cubs had an outfielder named Walter Moose Morin. Yep. And any time uh, Moose uh, would get a, a home, hit a homer, do something, the fans, and there weren't many fans at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. back in those days. Very few fans. But they would move. Moose! Moose! And good old Jack Burkhouse, he'd always say, they're not booing Moose more, and they're mooing him. And that was a very, you know, a fun thing. Moose! Right. And I knew hear that from time to time, but there were two of those reversed here in Chicago in the last week or so. You uh, Darvish. Okay. And there was speculation that they skipped him a day when he came back off the uh, DL because yep. they didn't want the Cub fans booing uh, him again. And Jed Hoyer said, no, 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 we didn't do that. Well, here's what I found. I just found this the other day. A quote through the translator, you uh-huh. know, through you's, not yours, you's translator. And uh, the translation from Mr. Darvish was after they someone asked him, what about that? Were you upset by the booing? Right. He says, through the translator, I thought they were ewing me. Uh huh. All right. I don't think that's the case. Then last night, White Sox television, uh, NBC Sports Chicago plus plus. Yeah, I get worn out just saying it. Isn't there a shorter thing we can? Say? What is it? NBC SCH. They call it in the sometimes in the paper, like when right. they, the NBC grid. NBC SCH. You can say that if you. No, I think I'll just stick with NBC yeah. Sports Chicago now that right. I think about it. So Plus. Thank you. Uh-huh. So, which we don't... EO11, inside radio, back room, uh, we don't have the tape of this uh, from the Sox game because... Right, I use a website where I can like download TV on any station, any time. Okay. One of the channels that's not offered on this website is NBC Sports Chicago Plus. So, so I watched the first inning of the White Sox game, and ah, then I went to the Cubs. Okay. So in other words, A, people have to take uh, my word for this, or B, maybe you heard it. So, uh, I want to tip my hat to uh, Jason Benetti. Uh, sometimes, you know, the company uh, story, the company line, uh, you know, sort of, sort of blurs everyone's vision. And uh, that's, that's fine. That's what happens in, in business. Mm-hmm. So, between Cubs innings, I flipped back and forth. And uh, Rain, Texas had the bags loaded. Right. And uh, the next pitch... Sing Song Chu or Sing Hop, what's Sing Who? Sing So Chu. God bless you. <laughs> ah, Chu. Hits a grand slam, right? So he's rounding the bases, heading towards home, and Jason Benetti, this was, this was good, friend. At least I thought so. Says, they're booing, that's the Sox right. fans, 
They're booing the White Sox, giving up the Grand Slam. They're booing, not chewing. Uh-huh. Chew. Now, we could have just ignored it. Right. Because you usually don't want to bring out that the home team's fans are booing the home team. Sure. But... So tip it in to him. I, that's yeah. okay. You know, I, I thought that was a nice. Uh, yeah, you got to be honest. You can hear it at home over the uh, TV, right? So you figure they're not chewing. And him. if I'm if I'm Jerry <laughs> if I'm Jerry Reinsdorf, uh-huh. I say at that point, uh, there's yeah. no need to point out that they're booing. The, well, let the, the record show. Fred said that. Yes, not me. I said that exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see some other notes right here. Uh, you say the fans are none too happy, and no, that's true. Yeah. So, I wasn't too happy for Carson Fulmer, whose who next start will be in Charlotte. Oh, I felt bad for the post game last night. White Sox post game. Uh-huh. Bill Melton and excuse me, Layla, Layla Rahimi. Yes, I was going to yep. say. I don't know her name. She does, she does a, a great did a job. Great, it was yeah. yeah uh, the host uh, or hostess, whichever uh, offends you the least. Uh, she was terrific, and they did uh, about seven minutes trying to uh, you know decide uh, well what can be done with. Carson Fulmer, Fulmer right. and uh, 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 Belton Bill was, you know, terrific as well. You know what? They may have to eventually, you know, send him down and get and work out his problems at AAA. Or uh, then uh, they had a, you know, a Twitter question: Could you put him in the bullpen? And and Bill sort of said, "Well, you know, that's not really right now his role, but you know, or you start him a few more." And they had a good little five minutes back yeah. and forth on a, a very good topic, you know. So then, you know, let's cut now to the press conference to uh, Ricky Renteria. I guess they call him Rick now in the South Side. Rick Renteria. And they go right to, and Rick Renteria's uh, first question was, he says, well, yeah, we just, we sent him down to AAA. Yeah. So I felt bad for Melton and the host. Layla Rahimi. Thank you. Yep. Because they just, wasn't there anybody that could have told them? Somebody should have told them, yeah. Do the White Sox hand out a press release? That's probably Twitter what happened. Release, uh, That's probably what happened is the media walked into the interview room. They conference. handed in the release. Oh, right? Yeah. But they couldn't have, like, Twittered it or whatever to their to their TV station, that co- I mean, to their outlet? Yep. Who would think they could? Ah. You know what? I got other things to worry it's about. It's a Friday night. People are, they just want to get out of there and go home. No, no, no. Hey, you know, you know who's uh, terrific is Mark, well, Mark DeRosa? He's tremendous. Besides, not only Mark DeRosa, yeah. but if you listen to him, Jim Tomey is awesome. Yes. Tomey does a great job. He was out with Matt Chapman of the Oakland A's the other day. A young left-handed upcoming slugger. Chapman says, what do you do, what do you do when you, uh, when you were struggling? Well, they sort if of, you su- ever did. they surprised him. Yeah. Uh, the host said, Dave, hey, did you want to ask? He's on live. Do you want to ask? I try not question? to bring up the host because that's the one part of the show I don't like. Did you, did you have a question for Jim Tommy? Yeah. Greg, the- Greg Amsinger is kind of like the Rich Eisen he threw, of baseball. So he threw this hot that's potato to the thing. kid who just sort of talked, you know. But I thought the kid was going to cry. But he came up with a great question. Yeah. He said, uh, he thought it over. He pondered like four uh, seconds of dead air. I thought they were going to freak out. And then he says, uh, oh, well, you saw it too. He said, well, what do you do when you're too quick? You're just not, something's wrong. And Jim told me, gave him a whole thing about flat-footed off the tee, flat-footed yep. off the toss. Great answers. And the kid loved it. Yeah. It was super. Yeah. Mark DeRosa, a couple of days ago, and he's usually on at 9 a.m. here on the uh, MLB. So during, uh, you know, a break in the MLB with, Central, it's called. With the cap show, yep. you know, or whatever. And, uh, he said, uh, he was talking about the, the shoe flap. And he was, but here's what he said. He was talking about the, uh, whatever put Robinson Cano on the 80 day. They say masking, you don't mask yeah. usually unless you're masking something. But 
He said, why should the Mariners be stuck with this contract? Mm-hmm. Cano's got, what, two, three, four years left on big, big dough. Sure. He said, why don't... Okay, 80 days he doesn't get paid for the suspension. Then, you know what? He's a free agent. He's gone. The Mariners don't have to pay him again. Now he's an open free agent. Other teams can bid at him. And if the Mariners want, they get the right of last first refusal or last right. look. I thought it was genius. You know what? If you don't want Cano back, he's gone. If someone offers him two million, four million, six million, you can say, okay, we'll get, we'll match the six million. He's ours again, right? How, how tough was that for someone to come up? He had a thing. I know we're up against the clock. The Rose, did you hear this one? He says, you know, these collisions at home plate, even now they don't do it, and you slide head first. You can't tell if if the hand is above the home plate or touching the right. home plate. That was in a Cub game the other day. He says. What about something like the NFL, where you go over the goal line, you break the plane, you don't have to touch home plate. If you break the plane, the run counts. Yeah, I don't uh, like that. I, well, I have to think about it, but he's always got something. Yeah, no, he does, but I don't like that because if you tag the guy as he's over the his hands over the plate, I know, but he hasn't tagged it I, yet. I know. Yeah, I don't like I that. I know. Yeah, you got to tag it. I don't like it at a part either. Yeah, yeah. Well, really that's what that they part. call a sanity clause. Yes. It's in every uh, standard contract. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't fool me. There isn't a sanity clause. That's right. Did you ever hear that one before, Eric? Sanity clause? Yes, I have. There is no a sanity clause. No, that was a Marx Brothers. Marx Brothers. I was say, it's a, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. See, should have taken a break. We should have broken a minute ago. Hey, we'll have our final results from the Twitter poll. Murph and Fred, back in a flash. Vote at ESPN 1000. Ah, you can't fool me. It's kind of like what um, Eric said earlier about Ron Sano. You don't got to remind everyone about that. <laughs> you, said, you don't have to. You said Ron Sano isn't great. <laughs> Murph is going to, he's going to kill you and the next time he sees you. How could you say that he's not great? What are you talking about? Eric Ostrowski, what are you doing? Jonathan Hood, under the hood during the week. Great job, Jonathan. EO11, we're going to hold that till next Saturday, okay? Yeah, I can take my lashings in a week. All right, I'll just fine. say this. I'll just and Fred, I know what side you're probably on too. Nine-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glover. Of all the positions in the Hall of Fame, the fewest amount is third base. Yep. Shortstop twenty-five, right field twenty-five, center field twenty-four, first base twenty-four, left field twenty-two, second base has twenty-one, catcher eighteen, and little old third base seventeen only. Why? Because it's fielding and hitting. But we'll work on that later. Hope you've enjoyed. Uh, no, uh, is it the Royal Wedding a free uh, show today, Fred? Congratulations. We didn't have to mention that. And the Preakness free radio. We have the Preakness right here. Four <laughs> o'clock this afternoon here on ESPN 1000. And a real quick, uh, John Dewan, com. Some great stuff we'll get to next week. The best on-base percentage leadoff man in Chicago. Moncada, 369. Right behind him, Almora, 368. But what killed the Cubs early? Early, Hap 271 and Zobris 286. Real quick, EO11, what were the results of 11:30 there on our Twitter poll? I will Rickon win the Eloy Quintana trade. 78% said yes. Ah, Rickon getting the votes right now. 11 o'clock, Machado trade rumors. What was the answer? 48% believe that law. Lo- it's a long shot. Bulls tank job. What the fans say, was it not worth the effort? Could have been a better effort? A great strategy. 68% said it could have been better. Deserves to have their Bears uniform number retired. Hampton, Richard Dent. 
Erlocker, Mike Singletary. 56% say Erlocker. And George McCancy said no more to retire. Who's having a better year? Oh, this was a good one. Jim Deshay or Steve Stone? 63% says Jim Deshays. Wow. Let's get him on soon, Deshays. He does a good job. And uh, what do the Cubs need more? Uh, hitting uh, with runs scored or pitching, starting pitching? 60 to 40%. 60% says starting pitching. Ah, you're all wrong. <laughs> at all of them. <laughs> Each and every one of them. Retire number 76 if you're ever going to retire another number. McMichael. Yep. Mongo. Mongo! Want to thank all... At least they invited him up to Hallis Hall to talk to the rookies. All our guests today, Jesse Rogers talking from uh, the park. It's Saturday, of course. And want to thank our, uh, our good buddy, uh, Mark Potash at the Sun-Times. Great job. Thanks, Marcus. And Eric Ostrowski, all of his help as always. He'll be here with me tomorrow along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. will be here 9 till noon and uh, we'll be talking NBA because the Celtics can go up 3 nothing. Please go up 3 nothing. Get LeBron out of the playoffs. Yeah, that was me that said it. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.